Hey everybody, Jason here. A couple of really quick additional disclaimers. First of all, today we have some special guests, some amazingly awesome special guests, and we'll, we'll get more into that when we start the episode proper. But um, just wanted to give an additional kind of uh, whatever, because unconsciously we have kind of kept the podcast at uh, PG-13 for the most part, as far as language-wise, and that's just kind of what happened with the podcast and how our episodes normally go. The language on this episode, or these next two actually, is uh, decidedly more British. <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. Just want to give a little warning, not that it's bad or anything, it's just different from what is normally on the episode, so just wanted to let you know that that was coming, so if in case it does bother you, you can uh, adjust your listening accordingly. Personally, it doesn't bother me at all, but um, I don't want to uh, assume that on anybody else. So, there's that. That. And then also, uh, this episode is chock full of goodness, and it's really cool, and we also went really long in the recording. I decided to split the episode in two, so there will be two parts to this episode. They'll come out as close together as I can get them uh, edit-wise, and uh, yeah, so without further ado, I'm going to give you part one coming right now. FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to a very special episode of the podcast that goes snicked. And by a very special episode, I mean um, I'm going to have a bad drinking problem and my two new friends are going to save me all in 20 minutes. <laughs> Intervention. Intervention. Hardcore Hi style. Jason, uh, we are here to realize that you have a problem and... I can stop anytime I want. We, you, ha- you have friends, we're here for you. Oh, we thanks, think you guys. are a bit addicted to Wolverine, and <laughs> it, it needs to stop. And not only that, but at the end of this episode, I will never have this problem again for the whole rest of the, the TV series. <laughs> <laughs> it's a one-time deal. But anyway, hey, uh, I'm your host, uh, Jason. Hey, spider legs are sexy, Venable. And I'm joined by two very special hosts. We have Dan, with great power comes great combs, Cole, and uh, Thank you. <laughs> and we have Jack. Mine's a wrecking ball. Chambers. <laughs> <laughs> I I may have to steal those titles for our podcast. <laughs> Go for it. And speaking of your <laughs> podcast, uh, both these uh, amazing gentlemen are from uh, the Inter Comics podcast, which I'm a pretty big fan of. So I'm super excited to have them on. And welcome. Thank you for having us, man. Yeah, yeah. thank you. And thank you for being a fan. Oh, of course. Yay. Yay, fans. Yay, we all like each other's podcasts. Happy time. Let's hug. Like Skype hug. Podcast buddies. <laughs> all right, so uh, this is a flashback episode, and we're going to cover uh, the Marvel Super Event, the very first original Secret Wars, which should be a lot of fun. But before we get to that, this is the podcast that goes snicked. So we have a little um, Wolverine business we got to get out of the way since we have new guests. We'll have our customary um, kind of origin story with you guys and Wolverine. I know now on the Intercomics podcast, y'all have both kind of given like your comic book origin story. And that's something I always enjoy when y'all have new guests on that they kind of say, hey, what I read first, you know, and all that. But um, what was y'all's, uh, what's y'all's first memories, exposure, whatever, to uh, Wolverine as a character, whether it be in comics or a different medium? Uh, why don't you go first, Dan? Well, um, I read X-Men 
just before the cartoon. However, my memory is literally of um, Wolverine in that cartoon just going, Gene! Constantly. <laughs> Every episode. And it's the only... It's the You're, first not wrong, You're not wrong, my friend. You're not wrong. It's literally all. the first memory I have of Wolverine. Jeez. Because before that, I remember him... Um, it was Jim Lee. Uh, yeah. I think it was around Jim Lee when I first started. Obviously, the legendary X-Men, you know, number one. Right. And... I remember reading them, but the only memory I have of an early Wolverine memory is that Jean. <laughs> Every episode, the same inflection. She could literally walk past him and just be like, <laughs> and that's all I remember. That's literally my first Wolverine yep. memory. It's what he says when he is in pain and he thinks about her dying. It's what he says when he pops a boner. I mean, it's all the that's same absolutely thing. absolutely his orgasm noise. Yeah. <laughs> It's definitely, and it doesn't matter who he's with either. <laughs> it's always Gene. Always Gene. The that girls, the girls will call him out on him, but he's got the six claws, so they kind of let it slide. <laughs> oh dear. Fine, I'll be Gene. Don't stab me. Definitely have a choice. <laughs> right. Yeah, cool. So that sounds good. So the cartoon's pretty much your your introduction, and uh, you know, I know, I know. Uh, we're good friends. I know on the podcast, on your podcast, you kind of have not been a super fan of at least current Wolverine. What would you put your opinion of the character overall? Um, I think Wolverine is actually one of the better characters because he kind of embodies that gray area before the character. Basically, Wolverine was a Nolan, Christopher Nolan character before <laughs> Christopher Nolan created Batman. Right. <laughs> Oh, we invented Batman. Because yeah. I quite, I quite, when I was younger, I quite, I think everyone quite enjoys Wolverine because he's like telling Cyclops, Cyclops to piss off and right. smoking cigars and, you know, just cutting the tops of beer bottles off with his claws <laughs> for no apparent reason. And because he generally can. being grumpy and tiny as well. And right. the fastball, the fastball special is iconic. And oh, definitely. like, whoever writes him, I usually like Morrison's Wolverine's possibly my favorite yeah. um, Wolverine. Um, I just really like the way Morrison wrote him. I know a lot of people like uh, Waden that came after, but I'd say, yeah, I really. I, do you know what? <laughs> I'm probably gonna get murdered for this. Oh. I quite liked it when he had a bandana and bone claws. Oh wow! And, like mid nineties. Yeah. And like it had that horrible team. Not horrible team, but it was like Cannonball was on the team, and Wolverine was just in trees going. Ugh. <laughs> All the time, yeah, because he's lost his humanity. Because ripping out Mel's skin made him crazy. Right. Mel's skin Mel burn made him crazy. I quite like that moment of, uh, but like, he's good for the one-liners. It's just it's not overexposure. I just think people don't know how to write him anymore. Like they just flinging him. They made him immortal as well, which is which is really quite. Yeah, like, he felt like he could um, get beaten up in, right. before the year two thousand. After that, it's just like it's okay. I'm just sat in the back of this. Uh, it's actually Morrison's fault. I blame Morrison because I remember distinctly he gets blasted by a sentinel. And if that was Claremont, he would have been killed because that stays the future past. Right. But in uh, the Morrison book, he's just sat in the back of the uh, X-Wing because they were blackbirds then because it was all brand spanking new shit. And he was just smoking. And he's like, and the, the mutant they picked up was like, what the hell is that smell? And he's like, oh, it's just my flesh. <laughs> I'm just resurrecting. And then there was the moment where I think it was in a Venom comic where they dropped a nuke on him. No, that was in the Wolverine solo series. Uh, oh, it was a solo series. I forget I who wrote it, but it was Umberto Ramos did the art. 
And I just thought, I think that he's just lost. Like, there's some great stories. Old Man Logan is fantastic. And, yeah. Um, ugh, what's it called? The one where he's reprogrammed by Hydra and goes off and... Oh, uh, uh, dead or um, al- no, Dead or Alive. Um, I can't remember its name at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to say Wolverine, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., but he technically kills most of S.H.I.E.L.D. So yes, kind of like yes. Wolverine, Agent against S.H.I.E.L.D. But recently I just haven't felt the need for him. And I quite enjoy it when he's not in the books. Like any book, I prefer to see the rest of the team. Because I think people rely too heavily on him as a marketing tool. And they don't really use him when he's in the book anymore. They, they just go, here he is to just growl and jump at this person with his claws out. There's no like finesse. And I hate Jason Aaron's writing of him. I think it's horrible. <laughs> I didn't I mind it at first, but it definitely went a little overboard towards about the middle of his Wolverine and the X-Men run. Where he kind of, the thing, the thing about, and I know you hate Jason Aaron, but the thing Jason Aaron to me is when he's on, he has a good mix of action and humor. But when he does too much of one or the other, he gets terrible. Like that, that Men of Wrath book, I gave that a shot, and it's just all like super hardcore action, yeah, and it's just not good. It's boring. And then his end of Wolverine and the X-Men run just got where it was a joke. Like all, it was so funny and jokey, like it wasn't even fun to read anymore. But no, it wasn't even nice whimsical. It was just like, yeah. like 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 watching a bad pantomime being slaughtered on stage. Right. <laughs> I felt like the first couple of arcs in Wolverine and the X Men, and then what is kind of reminiscent of what he's doing on Star Wars right now. We'll see if it lasts. But I think he, when he achieves a good balance of like his different kind of quirks, I think he's a good writer. But when he doesn't, he's it's it's hard to slog through. I'm afraid he wrote the morally superior Wolverine, which just. All right, so I've heard you say that a number of times. Uh, For our listeners, why don't you kind of just give a brief kind of explanation of what you mean when you say that. It is the Wolverine that basically came about just before uh, Schism. It's the uh, Wolverine that has the audacity to call someone like Scott Summers who's murdered under the influence of essentially cosmic deity, which is kind of under the influence of drugs. Um murdered one bald man where Wolverine has <laughs> essentially slaughtered millions be it, mind, be, it, be it mind wiped or not and he constantly takes kids into battle yet the whole storyline of Schism was you shouldn't make these kids fight and then we should do what Charles wants but Charles wasn't dead then but they acted like he was because you know he was only reeled out to be killed then right. anyway. but, um, and I, I think his morals Jason Allen was obviously told by Marvel and he just stuck with it and there was no shades of, like, there's no shades of grey. It's just Wolverine. Is, it's kind of like the the Avengers, when they first, the X-Men. They're just right. It doesn't, there is no, right. like, leeway. He's just right. And it's like, he's more, it's a hypocrisy. And it's just so badly written. And hence, he becomes morally superior uh, Wolverine. And it bugs me. <laughs> bugs me to hell. But he's dead now, so it's okay. Yeah, for now. Drowned in his own antimantium or whatever it was. The most ridiculous yeah. death in comics history. <laughs> Really, Dan? Is that the most ridiculous death in comics history? <laughs> I don't know. And to be fair, Actually, to be fair, it was somebody else's adamantium that got him. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, <laughs> that makes a difference. I suppose. <laughs> uh. All right, cool. Well, uh, let's let's switch gears a little bit. Jack, what is your first um, Wolverine memory as you tuck yourself into bed at night? <laughs> I, it haunts my dreams, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the very, very first exposure to Wolverine I had was one of the Claremont issues when he's in Japan in the late 80s. Oh, um, nice. For, 
for those of you who don't know, I was born in 1990, so that's before my time. Okay. But um, my cousin had an, like a, one of the trades of that somewhere, somehow, when I was like seven or eight years old and didn't really know anything about anything. Didn't know the character, didn't know anything. But I knew it looked cool, and I flicked through, and I really, really liked it, but didn't know who wolverine or any of the other silver samurai or any of these other characters are right and i actually became aware of who that character was and kind of had that so that's what that book was kind of moment when like dan i watched the cartoon series nice. and it pretty much cartoons is how i got into comics you know when i was just after that probably sort of eight or nine ten something like that right i watched the batman animated series i watched the spider-man animated series and i watched the x-men all of the 90s classic yeah, superhero shows and loved them all, started reading the books and pretty much haven't looked back since. So my actual first exposure was somehow a really awesome Claremont issue of uh, Wolverine in Japan. Yeah, so that but, was, uh, was that the Claremont Frank Miller miniseries? Yes, I believe yes, so. That's pr- that which still is, is awesome. Which is like hailed as like one of the all-time great classic oh. Wolverine stories. And, and, it and should I, be. I, I accidentally read it as a seven-year-old or something <laughs> like that, not realizing. I was like, oh, this is really cool. Not realizing, like, this is considered a masterpiece. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> not really quite realizing the gravity of what I had in my hands. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that kind of sums up how I first introduced the character. And I was retroactively realized what I had read a few years later. I got to say, that's a... That's a hell of a first exposure because that definitely is one of the better Wolverine stories out there. All right, so let's uh, let's take that then. So, what's your kind of overall opinion of the character in general? Um, I, I like him a lot. I really do. Um, I've recently been reading a Greg Rucker's run from about ten years ago. I think it was now. Sort of yeah, early 2000, 2000 somewhere. Yeah, two thousand three to two thousand four. It's like I've got the uh, Ultimate Collection, which is all nineteen issues and a really big, nice book. Oh, great! And that's just really solid stuff. I love Greg Rucker in general. And yes. He does that fantastic, like, superhero, but really grounded, but not gritty for the sake of being gritty. It's grounded in that it's believable and they're actually, you know, human characters and stuff like that. And everybody has their flaws and their, their inspirations and their reasons for doing things and motivations and stuff like that. I love Rucker's style and I, I hadn't read that stuff before and I'd read so much of his other work. I was really, really intrigued to kind of get into that. Um, my all-time favorite stuff, I really, really love Old Man Logan. Like right. like Dan mentioned, I think that is one of the classics. And one that I always mention, and I don't really know why I love it so much, is Ultimate Hulk versus Wolverine. What? Yeah, right? It's not bad. It's a, si- it's a six-issue miniseries. Yeah. And I, and I fucking love it, and I have <laughs> no idea why. You just like it because it gets ripped in half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, that's one of my favorite openings is the um, Wolverine is spread out on a mountaintop in a snowy mountaintop. I'm setting the scene here. And right. Logan sniffs the air. And he's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> what the hell is that smell? And he looks down and the, the, for want of a better phrase, the camera pans out. And he says, oh, yeah. That's my own damn legs. And he's ripped in half. And Hulk has thrown one half of him across a mountain and the other half off across the other mountain. And he's got to go and, like Dan was saying, kind of that do that immortal regeneration of somehow recombobulating his parts and mashing together again. Right. It's such a stupid story. It's even written by Damon Lindelof, the guy who did Prometheus and Lost 
uh, the the two new Star Trek films and stuff like that. Oh wow! Lots of I forgot weird... about that. Yeah, exactly. But I think one of the main reasons I love it is because I really really like Lionel Yu, and I Lionel Yu's when Hulk you... is one of my absolute favorite combination of artist and. Uh, superhero kind of things he does those big muscular veiny characters so well right and his ultimate hulk is just this monstrous crazy thing even when he's kind of calmed down and gone to his uh he becomes like a a monk kind of thing yeah has goes off and solitude in tibet and logan hunts him down and everything i just love that I, love, I, I like that it's got all those kind of callbacks to Wolverine's original appearance fighting Hulk as a as a, essentially as a Hulk villain as well. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I just love that dynamic between the two of them. And they even did a really, really great um, animated short the on the in the uh, Hulk versus series. They did Hulk versus Thor and Hulk versus Wolverine all in like one DVD, basically. Oh, oh and check that out. Oh, it's so good, dude. It's just over 20 minutes long, I want to say. So it's like a animated most slightly longer than animated series episodes kind of thing okay and it's got one of my favorite versions of deadpool which is saying a lot because i don't like deadpool <laughs> um wolverine is awesome and yeah hulk is really cool in that as well and it but it's basically the story of ultimate hulk versus wolverine plus some of the uh, other w- weird and wonderful characters that that show up uh i think lady deathstrike shows up at one point um yeah yeah it's really cool so I, I recommend everybody go and check out hulk versus wolverine the animated uh short it's really really cool awesome yeah i'll, I'll have to look for that cool well um yeah so that's that's kind of where everybody stands of course everyone that listens to the show knows how much i love wolverine when he's done right i would i'll admit you know i'm not such a blind fan i know there are times where he's done pretty piss poorly and i, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think kind of like dan said um when he's one-dimensional, and we'll see. I think we're gonna we're gonna see some of that in this episode. Not oh, yeah. not, not the most fun to read, but uh, to kind of my thesis, kind of so thing, angry. Yeah, so angry, so grumpy. Um, just and just for no reason. <laughs> I just want to give him a hug and be like, right. "Oh, Logan, yeah. calm down, mate. It's everything will be fine. You'll get back to six one six eventually." Right. We're after Secret Wars, the new Secret Wars. Sorry, yes, yeah. After yeah. the new secret, second, third, secret Secrets. wars. <laughs> Everything's a secret, even though it's happened three times now. Right. <laughs> yeah, but I agree. I like him when when he's the guy that, like, kind of represents our own struggle to be better than our bad own bad habits. That's the Wolverine I like, where he's, like, Trying to be the samurai when he has the nature of a beast. And Absolutely. that kind of speaks yeah, to yeah. that that first miniseries that you were talking about earlier, Jack. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He uses so when, the, the mentality of the ronin. Right. Like, he's a he's his own man, but he also, like, he chooses not to kill, um, oh God, I, can't, I can't remember the Silver Eye Samurai's real name. Something Harada. Yeah, Harada. Uh, Hiroshi Harada. It's, it's mm. definitely another H word. Anyway, yeah, he chooses not to kill him in battle. And he has that moment of like, I am the man of honor and all that sort of stuff. And like you said, that's him overcoming his kind of primal rage. He's not the one dimensional ball of anger and hair. <laughs> He's just like, he actually has depth and realizes like, this is what it means to be human, to be a man, to right. be a person. And a, and so a, how, do, how does the um, teenage girl uh, sidekick fantasy fall into his uh, 
trying to be a decent person. Because that's just hot, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? I'm allowed to say that. I'm young. <laughs> um. No, he does have a constant parade of sidekicks. Uh, they're always young girls. Uh, it's definitely kind of questionable. I've always... I think the intention, and the way I've kind of always read it in my naivete growing up, was that he's like a father figure. But obviously, absolutely, yeah. Obviously, there is. They're just attracted to the bad boys. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what teenage girl is it, right? And then it was Jubilee, like ooh, and then it's Movie Rogue, and then there's like Pixies, like ooh. Well, it was Comic Rogue first, back when she first joined the X Men. Well, that's because she's basically a sociopath when she first joins the (laughs) X Men. Yeah, she she started off as a villain basically, didn't yeah. she? Yeah, she was like, "I'm just gonna fucking drain Miss Marvel's energy." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, "You fucking killed Miss Marvel." I will become her. Yeah, yeah. Like, everybody hates Rogue for like literally years after, even after she joins the X Men. Everybody's like, "You nearly killed Miss Marvel like right. four yeah. and a half years ago, dude." She 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 manages to. Um, stop the hate from most readers by being uh, the ultimate untouchable sex symbol. <laughs> I was going to say, when Jim Lee made her sexy, that, that made a lot of readers like her better. And plus, she had a bomber that jacket. In the animated series, oh, she calls everybody sugar. Ten year old Jack knew what was up. That's all I'm she saying. Had, in, much like every X Men in that animated series, she had a new superpower, which was to change from a dress into her combat gear with some sort of magical <laughs> right. atom. There is just arbitrary costumes in that show. Oh, yes. Which just like, the, suddenly uh, I, battle outfits. My, my first memory of that cartoon um, is Storm saying her ridiculous lines. And it's basically amounts to her firing lightning at herself and her street clothes become her combat gear. <laughs> yeah, and I was like... She shocks herself kid, with lightning to change clothes. Yeah. As a kid, you don't question it. When you watch it back, you're like, how does that even... Don't think about it. the goddess of the night <laughs> and you shall fear my wrath. And then she just changes clothes. Like, oh, okay. Like, by the time she... Thanks for that. Shit, that was an awesome storm. <laughs> It was. I've, I might have watched that entire. It was two or three degrees above monotony, and that's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's simultaneously very dramatic and very monotonous. Yeah, and that's a re- that's a really hard line to walk. It really is. <laughs> I just remember when she used to be like Arctic. No, winds of the Arctic come and heat my. By the time she'd said it, you could have shot her in the face. <laughs> yeah, that was so. Like, did y'all ever watch like, Pokemon uh... style or like Dragon Ball Z style? Or, like, right, or do y'all remember Brave Star? Did y'all ever watch uh, a cartoon called Brave Star? Y'all may be a little. Brave Star's amazing. Yeah, like uh, Power of the or Strength of the Bear. Wisdom of the eagle, yeah, or whatever that, whatever he said. Where his his horse would just transform into a person and yes. blow their heads off with a shotgun. Oh, good old thirty thirty. <laughs> and I was just like, the horse is the best thing in this TV show. Oh. Brave Star might as well not be there because <laughs> right? the horse the horse does all the work because he turns when he because um, at my local this is going back a long time um, when Blockbuster may have existed, wow. but at my local um, video rental store when I was a kid, Brave Star was the one I rented the most because the box, the cover for the film, you press the button on it and the little light, like lights lit up. So I always had to rent it out, and I knew the theme tune off by heart. Um, I can't, I can, I remember the tune, but I can't remember the actual uh, lyrics anymore. But all I remember is that Brave Star 
finally gets the girl, even though because he's a Native um, American, the TV show seems to not want to ever give him the opportunity <laughs> to kiss a girl. But after it's run, he does finally kiss the white girl. Um, but it's the horse that does all the work. It is the ho- And when it really, first turned yeah. into a person, I was like, my mind is blown. This is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, Brave Star. Thanks for that. I'm literally going to go watch some Brave Star after there this. There you go. <laughs> well, yeah. the, at least it's the intro. Don't watch the, the one uh, where he goes to play security at the concert. That's an horrible one. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to find some for Ethan the other day on Hulu, and I stumbled across that one. I was like, uh, let's do something else. <laughs> so, yeah. He is, uh, if I'm, I'm remembering this correctly, I haven't watched Brave Star in a long time, but I remember the horse is like a robot as well, isn't it? Yes. It's like a, tra- yeah. a Transformer robot. Yeah, pretty much. Basically, yeah. That is also, like you said, Dan, kind of a person. Right. And he's named his gun or something because he always shouts his name. No, he's named after people. a gun. He, his name was 3030 for like a 30 yeah. caliber. That was it, yeah. yes. That was it. He's named after a gun. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. God, yeah. And it's um, eyes of the hawk, ears of the wolf, strength of the bear, and speed of the puma. I remember, I remember that. That's but, what I was trying but, to remember. In, in, in a slightly you. more racist I, Native American I'm just accent. like, when he says, like, strength of the bear, I'm just like, mm, well, the phantom's better. <laughs> like, the phantom, phantom has, like, strength of, like, an elephant. Or like, right. The things he, he says, like, speed of the puma, when he actually runs like the Flash, he's like hitting right. supersonic speeds. You're like, that's kind of cheating. <laughs> but speed of the Puma, you'd just be like, 40 miles an hour, sweet. Speed of lightning. You want to be like speed of the cheetah. Well, hey, hey, Pumas hey. are not renowned for their speed. Jack. They could have, they've Jack, gone... Jack. Space Pumas are faster. <laughs> that's a better answer than what I was going to suggest. <laughs> If that's not the subtitle to this episode, Space Pumas. Secret Wars, colon, Space Pumas are faster. (laughs) (laughs) That's the the new, instead of, fuck this Battle World stuff, we don't need that. But Space Pumas are faster, that's all we need. (laughs) Well, hey, uh, speaking of Secret Wars. (laughs) Yeah, we've we've got quite sidetracked. (laughs) We spent 10 minutes talking about Brave Star. So, uh, Secret Wars, as you may remember, was an old, the first kind of Marvel Maxi series, I guess you'd call it. They'd had several miniseries by this point, but, um, this was, uh, 12 issues, pretty much printed to sell toys, and, um, yeah, so, did y'all ever have... Pretty much, it was, it was literally printed, it was, a. Uh under an agreement with Mattel <laughs> in that because DC had recently struck a, um, uh, they had all the I super friend we, toys. Yeah. Yeah. They had all the super friends toys and Marvel were like, well, shit, we need to get on this action. Right. And Mattel approached them and said, come up with this thing. And they did market research for what to call the series. Really? And apparently the two words that the kids of the 1980s <laughs> chose were, Secret and wars, and those are the most resonant with the children of the time, apparently. Wow, yeah. So they, so Mattel went, right, make a thing called Secret Wars, and we'll sell a bunch of toys for you. And Marvel go, okay, cool. Or more specifically, Jim Shooter goes, okay, cool. Because Jim Shooter was an absolute maniac. Did you know, did you know um, that in old money, or, or now, if you, if you bought Secret Wars at the same price as it was, it cost you $9. And three English pounds for the entire series. But obviously, that's in, impossible now. <laughs> a 12-issue series would cost you 
your, your firstborn child from mum. Right. But um, <laughs> like at the time, I was just looking at the cover prices, and it's like in 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 our country, for three pounds we would have got twelve entertaining. Even the worst bits are entertaining. Oh yeah, definitely. Don't be fair. Uh, for, for twelve decent issues of ridiculous marvelness. Yeah. Or more Jim Shooter, ridiculous Jim Shooter <laughs> craziness. <laughs> It's almost everything that's wrong and right with Shooter in 12 issues. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. This is thesis. It's an autobiography. This is Magnus Opus. But yeah, I was going to say, uh, those DC toys were awesome. The Hawkman, I remember, was particularly cool. But then I also, I, I think I remembered more about the Secret Wars toys than I did the comics. Of course, I had the toys as a kid and didn't get the comics till much later. Actually, the first one I got was I bought number eight as a back issue because I really loved Venom. And, of course, that was, like, the hot issue back then. And it cost me, like, I don't know, a month or two's worth of allowance to buy back then. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Because everyone's like, oh, the first appearance of the symbiote. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, now you can get it on eBay for, like, two bucks. But <laughs> <laughs> but that was then. But I remember I had I had the Wolverine, the Doctor Doom, the Magneto, and the Spider-Man. And I think maybe was there a Human Torch figure? There was, yes, I, I seem think to so. remember having I was, that. I was, lo- I was looking up, like I said, this is a little bit before my time, but I was looking up the collection earlier. Yeah. And uh, Dan and I uh, were looking at the, they're doing variant covers that look like the blister packs of the figures for the upcoming Secret Wars thing. Oh, nice. And seeing those, I was like, oh, the packaging is just so slick and <laughs> looks so cool. I, I looked up the old figures, and yeah, there's definitely an old human torch in there. Awesome. And all sorts of other weird stuff like it starts off with characters from secret wars and right. then because they kind of do like um batches of figures i think they did like 12 in the first batch and then 10 in the second batch and the second batch is just random marvel characters they're just making stuff up right they're nothing to do with secret wars they don't <laughs> even show up like electra <laughs> is just in there and you're like what electra really? is not in secret wow. wars like what is going on there's loads of weird stuff, and they just pluck from the Marvel Universe. And it, it just gets... And basically, Mattel just had free reign to do whatever they want, oh, I think. Then why not? Exactly. Yeah. As long as there's a Volcana um, toy, then that's all that matters. Hopefully, like a, like a Barbie one, where yeah. you put her in a tube. Right. A dirty old man... Just rubs the boob with, with his thumb. Yeah. Yep. We'll discuss that later. <laughs> Doom's fetishes and fetishes. Right. <laughs> it, would, it would be. All right, cool. Let's uh, let's dive into the comics then. Enough about toys. Now, the toys are pretty awesome. Um, Never enough about toys. All right, so issue number one. Let's do the credits real fast. Uh, I can find them here. Jim Shooter, Jim Shooter, Jim Shooter, Jim Shooter. <laughs> Something much. along those lines. All right, so Jim Shooter is the writer. Michael Zeck is the penciler. Uh, John Beatty or Beatty is the inker. Joe Rosen is the letterer. And Christy Shield is the colorist. Our first cover is by Mike Zeck. And it's pretty much, let's cram all the heroes in on the front here. It's it's pretty good. I will say um, it has a Zeck characteristic that kind of comes out in full force a few times. Um, where he occasionally bursts into extendo chin. And, um, for example, <laughs> if you look at Wolverine, his face is really flat, but his chin's really long. So that's kind of just a Zekism. Uh, but it is the first time Mike Zek draws Wolverine. What do y'all think of the cover overall to number one? I think 
issue on this one cover it kind of just says it all really um right. it's it feels iconic to me even with everyone gritting their teeth <laughs> even spider-man under his mask it feels um and it's probably the most exposure nightcrawler's gonna get in the entire series um Aww. as well as i as i've noted down in the uh <laughs> trying to reading it but i really like the front cover it is it is a classic i like it a lot yeah i really like it's the of whole its guy. time yeah i think it, it's a perfect example of that kind of when i think of like late 70s early 80s i know this is 85 but this sort of era this is the kind of shot i think of when you think of like big superhero covers like an avengers cover or a so-and-so versus so-and-so kind right. of thing and it's such a classic classic shot and like you said wolverine's face is a bit too long and there are a few other problems like like the perspective of all of these characters makes no sense yeah. it kind of to be a bit more topical reminds me of the current age of ultron trailer and uh, not trailer poster sorry where okay, it's just yeah. every everyone crammed in in one big shot and it right. looks pretty if you look at it but you start noticing, like, why is so-and-so four feet tall in the background? <laughs> and then Spider-Man is giant in the front, but Hulk is next to him, but Hulk is smaller than Spider-Man. <laughs> so, And then Captain America's at the front, but Cyclops is next to him. So why is Hawkeye 11 feet tall? Right. And, yeah, it's a nice idea, and it's kind of that classic shot. And he's, like Dan said, it's super iconic. All right, well, cool. So in issue number one, basically... um. Our heroes are gathered into a spaceship. We have a nice roll call. Oh, look, villains too. And somehow they're all aware of each other. Uh, the Thing notices Magneto on the good ship Lollipop and takes umbrage. <laughs> a whole new world is pieced together. Uh, surprise, surprise, everybody bickers. Ultron goes nuts before Galactus snuffs him out. Uh, there's a bright talking light, Jesus, uh, that tells everyone to brawl. And the winners get to reshape the universe. Galactus thinks the Beyonder can fix him and take away his hunger. So he approaches with Doctor Doom sneaking in behind him, uh, looking as he does for power. But Galactus gets knocked out. The heroes and villains are beamed down to the new planet. After some infighting, Magneto splits and uh, Cap is voted leader of the heroes. But not until we get lots of exposition to catch us up on pretty much every Marvel book going at the time. Uh, the villains elect Doctor Doom as their evil president, but he doesn't want to fight. He wants to talk to Reed Richards, so he leaves. And then Kang shoots him out of the sky. The heroes find him, but insult him by offering to help him. Somehow that's really insulting, so he attacks. Then all the baddies show up, and that's pretty much it. That is number one. Yeah, so I thought the opening spread was really cool. We kind of have all the heroes under our banner. The war begins. It's a pretty nice little, pretty nice little panel. Um, I forgot that this Captain Marvel existed. <laughs> so, <laughs> I remember Monica. <laughs> to be Monica fair, though, Rambo I did not. She was mostly in the Avengers at this time, right? Yeah. yeah. And I did not read. I've not read a whole lot of mid '80s Avengers, so some of it, some of us care. <laughs> I forget that this outfit for Iron Man exists all the time. I've just gotten so used to modern Iron Man suits. <laughs> I forget the full like gold faceplate with eye holes exists. Right. And yeah. it's, Those so, weird it's such gears a jarring on thing. Yeah, yeah. Like um I think it's like page four or five where him and Thor look shocked and unbelievable, it's being destroyed and all that sort of stuff. And he just has like 
normal human eyes in his mask. Oh, yeah. And he just it it just looks like somebody wearing like a plastic mask. It's yes, really it weird. Like he's about to go trick or treating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's like really really bad cosplay or Halloween costume or something. It's bizarre. And for the most part, I love like Galactus's look in this is awesome, and I really like yes. Magneto, this is the classic Magneto costume I always think of, but Iron Man just looks weird, and I forget that he looks so weird. It's because he doesn't emote, as opposed to Doom's mask, which seems to be made out of liquid metal, and emotes <laughs> with him <laughs> when he's sad, when he's shocked, when he's angry. You know, whereas Iron Man, it's all through the eyes, but because the rest of it doesn't move, it looks like it's just a plastic mask that'll fall off in the first punch is thrown. And, and bless Ultron for being basically killed in seconds <laughs> i forgot all right so y'all you guys gotta help me out here was was 80s ultron always this kind of wimpy no like, no <laughs> that's the kid. problem with jim shooter is that he's basically just rewritten the entire universe single-handedly okay and all characters from like like we're going to talk about particularly with wolverine and the x-men as well Nobody makes any sense or is consistent with how they had been written previously or how they are written <laughs> after this series. It's like Jim Shooter has taken like a vertical slice of the entire universe and just gone, here is my version of the characters. I don't care what anyone else thinks. Here's my Ultron. Here's my X-Men. Suddenly the X-Men are just absolute, basically like xenophobic assholes. <laughs> and... And Ultron is just some squealing little pipsqueak to fight the right. fact he's like murdered members of the Avengers before. Right. And yeah. now he's just like flick literally flicked away to death. <laughs> so is Colossus at one point. My yes. favorite member of the X-Men. He's literally flicked away in fights. And he's like supposed to be this big badass. And it's just so inconsistent compared to everything else. So yeah, you are absolutely right. Ultron is not usually like this. <laughs> and I have no idea why, apart yeah. from I blame Jim Shooter. Yeah, Which I was, you're probably going to hear a lot this episode, by the way. Everybody. Right, right, right. Yeah, I was pretty shocked to see that not having, not having read a whole lot of old Ultron. But I know, like nowadays, he's like nigh unbeatable. So it was, it was weird to see. Well, he's him. got his antimantium chassis in this, so he shouldn't have been. But I suppose it's Galactus. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. it is Galactus. <laughs> so I thought it was weird that Lockheed was here without Kitty. And particularly because in the previous issue of Uncanny, when the X-Men are running through Central Park to be teleported here, I don't think Joaquin is with them, so he snuck a ride somewhere. But anyway, he, he hangs out for a second. I like, uh, well, I don't like, but I'll point out that uh, Wolverine questioning that Cap is the one that gives orders. And he says Cyclops is our jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, and just, uh, maybe it's because of the modern kind of relationship, but this whole, like, and obviously their, their history has been retconned, but the whole, like, Wolverine being so disrespectful of Captain America didn't really ring true to me, but whatever. Also, I will say there's a tendency in the 80s I don't like about kind of non-X-Men artists, like in a lot of guest appearances and stuff, I don't like it when people give Wolverine the really skinny wire claws. They look like coat hangers coming out of his hand. Um, yeah, they don't look like they do any damage. It looks like he just kind of pokes you with them. Right. Whereas with like the big, they're almost like swords some of the time where he slices through stuff. Yeah. This has looked like he could only stab. They had they look like round, kind of like almost needle-like claws. Yeah, needles are like... good. Yeah, that's a good uh, description. 
I also, if you notice, if you guys want to turn to it, there's a there's the page where Galactus falls to the earth, and Doctor Doom's kind of crawling out of his sock. Um, <laughs> Galactus, uh, his right foot is on his left leg. Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. What the hell is going so, on there? See, and I thought the trippiest thing was he changes colours. Oh, right. <laughs> he goes he from silver and blue to... Right. It's like that bloody dress that was on the internet a few days ago. Is Galactus gold and white, or is he blue and black? <laughs> Who knows? A, everybody sees a different Galactus, apparently. Yes. Maybe yes. that's why he's so hungry. If you turn it upside down, he turns black and blue, apparently. Right. Well, so Maybe my that's question why he's so is... hungry, because of his foot. Right. <laughs> Bad foot. So if, if two left feet make you a horrible dancer, is Galactus the best dancer on the planet? <laughs> two right feet, you're just two like right ulti- ultimate dancer. <laughs> ultimate. To be fair, even if he isn't, you just eat it anyway. Right. So. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, so what do we think of the art in this issue? Um, To be honest, it feels like, and this is going to sound bizarrely nostalgic, it feels like coming back, coming home to my childhood home. Where comics used to look like this, right? And you know, I know I grew up. Like, I, I was born uh, the early '80s, and I know I grew up mostly in the '90s. But I do, I did read quite a few comics when I was like young, so it does remind me a lot of just those times. It just it, there's something innocent about it, and I really right. like the art in this. It's not perfect. There's some terrible things, like, and obviously some <laughs> mistakes, <Right>. um, but. <laughs> So for the most part, straight up mistakes. <laughs> it's just general <laughs> mistakes. But for the most part, I just generally quite enjoy it. There's something about it, and it's not in that sort of hipster. Oh, it's retro, so I love it. it they're right. just generally, even when it looks weird, like where Xavier's face looks like a baboon's next to Captain <laughs> America's. Like, there's a there's a panel when Galactus has fallen where Xavier's face has got like a really upturned nose, and he, he kind of looks like a monkey. And then, oh yeah, yeah. And it's then see, he looks like a Captain sea monkey. Yeah, the Captain America kind of looks too bulbous, and then there's like a tiny head. But even things like that, I don't know. It's just some, it's it's charming. There you go. Right. I find it very charming. Yeah, and I forgot, and I'm kind of glad this is coming. This seems to be coming back in vogue a little bit. I forgot how much I enjoy like the halftone shading. Hmm. Like I just I I that that suits my personal taste, and I like I've seen been seeing a lot of that in some of the the newer image books and stuff like that, and it just. I'm, gl- I'm kind of glad it's making a comeback. I really enjoyed seeing it here. All right. Well, so anything else on this first issue? Well, let's be fair. It's a decent hook to uh, make you go. Yeah. By the next one. Yeah. I thought I thought the writing was pretty good, but whoo, that's a lot of exposition. <laughs> right. This this entire series is plagued <laughs> with. This is the this is the moment Jim Stewart decides to write more than three sentences. Right. Um, and that's when it kind of cripples the pace of the series, let alone yes, issues. Yes. Right. So. Yeah, this is, like, this is clearly the series based on a premise and not a story. And yeah. there's a big difference there. Like I said, this is Mattel coming to Marvel and saying, please let us make action figures. This isn't Marvel saying, we've got a great idea. <laughs> now can you make some action figures? Right. It's completely around the wrong way. So Jim Shooter is just writing stuff because he has to, basically. <laughs> but I'll give him I'll give him credit. The, the the key characters have distinct voices, even if like some of the other ones don't. Like uh, Doom definitely has a vo- Cap. Yeah, Captain um, America does for sure. You know Hulk especially. 
uh, which we'll get to in issue two, where <laughs> I have renamed renamed him for the whole series. Oh, nice! I can't uh, wait. So, but no, I I, I think I like, I quite enjoy. It's not perfect the writing, right? And there'll be moments that we all say Jim Shoot is a bit overdoing it, but um, <laughs> <laughs> or a bit shit. It depends how you feel. But as a first issue, and basically based on, can we make some toys of this? I think it's uh, it's Shakespeare compared to something like. Michael Bay's Transformers. <laughs> well, wow. <laughs> if we're going that I far. To compare it to trans- <laughs> I had to compare it to something bad, though, like quite seemingly bad. Right. To call it Shakespeare. You went, you went straight to the bottom. <laughs> cool. Well, um, what do y'all want to grade number one out of our uh, six claw rating? Ooh, I was thinking, um, mm, uh, mm, because there are only toothpicks. I shall give it three and a half. <laughs> three and a half needle claw things. There you go. <laughs> it isn't the best issue of the series, but it's decent enough to uh, carry on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with I that. Think I, I think I'm around about that sort of place there as well. I was I was umming and ahhing between three and four. Okay. And you said and you said three and a half, Dan. So I'm like, damn it, he stole <laughs> it from me. So. I'll be generous because I think this is one of the better issues of of the twelve, but just because it's got that hook in the beginning, um, I'll go four. Yeah, I also gave it four out of six claws. So sounds like we're pretty much in the same place. All right, well, Dan, why don't you take us into issue number two? Well, issue number two has the exact same creative team as issue number one. Um, so yep. credits done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the front cover is essentially. Well, it's either... It looks like Magneto has farted and followed through, and there's an explosion behind him, <laughs> and there's just lots of heads. He's just pooed out Thor, basically. Yeah, he yeah. did! <laughs> he is gritting his teeth. It is a large... A large thing is coming. And it's, the explosion... The resulting explosion has our severed heads of some superheroes. Right. And a woman... I assume it's Wasp. In the uh, top right oh, corner. Oh, yes. With her horrible <laughs> 80s hair. So this is, um, following on straight away, the, the villains who have mag- magically found a tripod walking machine and other alien technology are fighting our heroes for the first time. It's the first skirmish. But lo and behold, Hulk, or as I will now read, read up him for the whole series, Cock Hulk, because he acts like a cock all the time. Because <laughs> um, he's be- just the a great pr- green a pr- cock. He's a prick. He, like he's supposed to have Bruce Banner's mind in his head at this point, and he's just a fucking prick. Okay. Like Cyclops uh, is like, can I? I'll help you with this Octon Blast, and he's pretty much like, I've done everything else. I've done all the hard lifting. <laughs> yeah, sure, knock yourself out. Fuck off. I'm I'm the best. And like, it's a very intense fight, which the heroes win the first skirmish. Of course they do. But meanwhile, Doom. Decides to pontificate as he flies off to find uh, Galactus's body, which m- magically lifts off the floor and decides to start wandering away from him. Because <laughs> obviously, after having him hidden in his boot, he does not want more doom inside his life. So doom just basically wanders about. From the panels, it seems like 10 feet from <laughs> Galactus. He just turns and moves and there's a base. And so he's like, oh, found this base. It's awesome. Blows up a few things, finds Ultron's dead body, and decides to repurpose it for his own nefarious 
plans. Well, then we come back to the battle, and Enchantress, who let me, I'll be honest with you, I generally just thought her entire power was just being sexy, right. somehow has super strength to combat She-Hulk, and slaps her around a bit, and um, then all of a sudden, She-Hulk wins that little fight, <laughs> everyone else has won, and they they also turn around, probably to the east, walk maybe 15 paces, and there's a base. Um, in this base, it just so happens to have a high-tech prison and magical tubes that heal you, and there's a lot of exposition as Cap basically orders everyone to do shit. Meanwhile, Magneto has found a giant metal U, essentially, um, which is now his base, and he's just, you know, just sat there plotting. The survivors, the, the surviving villains of the skirmish who didn't get captured... Turn up at Doom's... I, I'm going to call it his boudoir. Um, and <laughs> he basically unleashes Ultron on them. They end up becoming his slaves, or lackeys. We witness Galactus vibrating and shining on top of a oh, mountain for some <laughs> unbelievable reason. And then we move... There's a lot of content in issue two. Yes, um, we, is. move, we move to Magneto, invade, stealthily invading a place with, like... Lots of people who could easily detect him, um, <laughs> and he finds he finds his way to the uh, energy core. Spidey's all like spider sense, and they go fly. He has a bit of a fight. Ben Grimm tries to fight, you know, tries to help the wasp. The wasp is captured in a metal ball. Yet Ben miraculously turns human. Shock horror! But before we can even sort of process this information, and before Ben can weep with joy. Cap's like, dudes, I've got, I got the TV working. And on the TV, there's vibrating Galactus, some sort of electrical death machine. And I think that's a tank. And he's like, we have problems. And that was it. <laughs> <too. laughs> Essentially. So... What, I like about, what I like about issue two is that it feels like it's taking the piss. Like, it literally feels like it's a joke. Like a self-aware joke. And I really like, there's like an almost smile at the panel. Like some of the dialogue is just ridiculous. Like the whole Cyclops being so polite in battle that he asks to shoot someone. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and then there's that whole um, Storm's like, hmm, this is great. Like completely irrelevant moment where like the battle's happening. Storm's like, oh, this, this alien world has like a climate that i can completely manipulate and it's even stronger than earth so i could be really strong right. i'll keep it to myself and it's like <laughs> okay thanks for that and the whole she hulk enchanted battle is my favorite moment of well, because it's just because she says tubular to the max is that why it's your favorite yeah, it's pretty, pretty much <laughs> because it's like the most retro thing ever it feels like if you played a video game in the 80s between that's what the characters would say at the end of their winning right uh, yes <laughs> either that or this is secret war saved by the bell <laughs> oh definitely definitely and and um i think this is not as good well i'm gonna uh, let the cat out of the bag this isn't as good as issue one no because some elements feel arbitrary like by the way ben Grimm is now human and here's galactus vibrating on a on a, on a mountain <laughs> Um, it just seems all, and by the way, Ultron's not dead. He's now a, a, a shell that Dr. Doom uses. Dr. And Doom's puppet. It, it just feels all very, um, Jim Shooter doesn't know where this is going, but 
good god, it will be fun getting there. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what it is. So, um, yeah, that's how I feel about it. I, uh, I did decide that on the cover, uh, Spider-Man's head, that must be the shot that uh, got Mike Zek his run on Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> He suddenly got his eyes focused somewhere. <laughs> That's the he biggest, just, roundest yeah. bottom. He looks like a basketball with a Spider-Man mask on. <laughs> it's like, not only is Magneto have, has the shitting, shitting face, so does Captain America, but he's only a head, so what the hell is he? So does Thor, so does Reed Richards, <laughs> so does the Human Torch without teeth right. somehow. And, yep. and Monica. You know, Monica well. you know what would have been better? If they'd have replaced, if they had switched... The thing in Thor's head, because thing actually looks like a hard piece of shit you want to get out of your intestine. <laughs> you might need to see a doctor, Jason. <laughs> if, if things like Ben Grimm are coming out of that end. Oh my. Oh goodness. I thought it was funny too. Uh, we have our first page, and of course, we're under attack, and Wolverine's like, good. <laughs> <laughs> Which I totally heard the the nineties cartoon voice saying that. Oh yeah, definitely. I just replaced all of his dialogue. <laughs> oh, we need a retelling of Secret Wars, but everything he ever says is Gene. <laughs> <laughs> We're under attack, Gene. <laughs> what are they stood on, by the way? Is it like clams or something? Like, like a, that's a really a, good a, point. What a, are those things? Clams. <laughs> because just a pile of clams. Uh, I, I, I didn't know. I thought at first I thought maybe it was like a uh, snake carcass, like a giant alien it's snake, but no, it's rock. Generic, they're just generic space rocks, aren't they? Like, yeah. Because you see later on, and they all just look like it looks like maggots or grubs yeah. or something, but right. they are the rocks apparently. Yeah. Weird. I, I do like that She-Hulk, everyone else was teleported um, in costume, but She-Hulk was um, teleported in her gym wear. Uh, was that not her costume? Nice. Well, yes, um, but I'm just commenting on the fact that for a long time she didn't seem to have a costume. <laughs> she just <laughs> wears a leotard. Yeah. Oh, right. Because reasons. Because she because was the, uh, the trendy character. <laughs> Talking of looking good in your gym wear, how right. sexy is human Ben Grimm? Dude, just hanging out in his underwears, yeah. Yeah, he's just like... And I forget, like, this was the era where all the characters call each other nicknames, so they don't use each other's oh names. Oh, gosh. That's... They don't, they don't yeah. say, like, hey, Wolverine, this thing happened. Right. Hey, Cyclops, this thing happened. They have all these weird ne- right. nicknames. Movie like and um, Psych and... Yeah, Psych and Mags. Mags. And oh, Maggie. Stretcho. Stretcho. Max Dickhead or whatever the hell. Stretcho. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, see, if it would have been L Stretcho, I could get behind that. But <laughs> That would have been pretty clever, but no. Yeah. I think um, the, the, the heroes calling Magneto Maggie, uh, I think, is the worst thing I've ever read in a comic book. It yeah, it's the... pretty bad. And also... Noise me. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, Magneto is like at this point. I mean, he's kind of started on his path towards one of his first retributions because he's about to start leading the X Men here pretty soon. But um, but he's still kind of at least to all the non X Men is still like the face of like genocidal terrorist. Yeah. And you know what? If I'm going over to the Middle East and I run into Osama bin Laden, I'm not calling him Benny. 
<laughs> you know, like, like yeah. I, I don't know. You call just, him Sammy for short. It seems like you don't you don't poke the most evil guy you know with a stick, and that seems like calling him Maggie would really piss the guy off. Right. Sorry, he kidnaps, he kidnaps his uh, his future wife. It would seem. <laughs> <laughs> it seems that Magneto has that old school approach to uh, gaining partners. Yes. Um, Instead of a club, that was appropriate. Nineteen eighty-five, right? I shall encase you in metal mm-hmm. and bring you with me. <laughs> Works for me. I would have loved it though if Ben Grimm at this present moment in time, once he turns human, he's like, "Fuck the wasp. Where can I get a lead?" <laughs> like literally, that should have been his dialogue. <laughs> hey, Stretcho, can you find me a piece of ass around here? <laughs> oh, I've been brilliant. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ben. Yeah. So the only other thing I kind of had was I thought it was funny that even in this series, Jim Shooter can't be consistent with his characters. I mean, I know he's not consistent with the rest of the Marvel Universe. We have this one random page where extremely pessimistic Wolverine is like, Hey, go get him, dragon! (laughs) Like like the Wolvie pep squad for one line out of nowhere. Yeah, he's inconsistent from panel to panel, let alone page right. to page, <laughs> let alone issue to issue, let alone outside of this series. <laughs> like Wolverine is like, Gene, and then suddenly he's, yeah, go get him, guys. Right. In this, in, in on the same page, he goes from gruff calling people nicknames and stuff to like, yeah, let's kick some butt. Right. It, it's just. Oh, it's inconsistency on a level I don't think I've ever seen before. It's so inconsistent, it may even be called good. Right. <laughs> Maybe. Transcendence. It transcends its limitations. It transcends just... continuity and consistency <laughs> to just be something else. Right. Something beyond us, maybe? Right, cool. Well, I thought the art was about the same. Uh, everything's kind Pretty of... Pretty much. Yeah. So what do y'all want to grade number two? I'm afraid I'm going to have to drop one and a half and give this one two out of Damn six. It, Dan. Sorry. You're stealing all my claws, man. <laughs> you seem to be in you agreement can... so far. You can go You can go first next time. <laughs> right. I will. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jack, are you also two out of six? I am in agreement with wow. the two out of six claws, yeah. Well, we're going to go three for three, folks. Um, oh, I'm, my God. I'm wow. also going to give it two out of six claws. <laughs> we're just going to have one of those podcasts where everybody agrees no, with we'll each find other something. and stuff, we? We'll find something. If we don't, yeah. I'll just arbitrarily pick something to bicker the shit out of. <laughs> <laughs> Manufactured tension, everybody. It's right? like reality TV, but <laughs> comics yeah. and a podcast. <laughs> A successful formula these days, right? Yeah, pretty much, as far as I know. All right, well, Jack, why don't you take us into number three? So, yes, issue three, we open with Magneto's horseshoe base thing, whatever that is. <laughs> it looks like the thing from Alien, the crashed ship from Alien, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Magneto has an, an arbitrary ball of metal, because he's Magneto. <laughs> he's sitting around being a badass in his fortress. And with then, his metal balls. Exactly, yeah. Just hanging out with metal balls like a like the Master of Magnetism does, you know. <laughs> and then Wasp just crashes in and hangs out because the weather, apparently. The weather has <laughs> trapped her there. And she just can't help but fall for Eric Lynch's whirly <laughs> charms. 
<laughs> we then go over to Mr. Peter Parker and his interactions with uh, the X-Men and the Avengers, and he's sort of double-agenting everybody and just being a real dick for no real reason, <laughs> as as seems to be the case with most of these characters for some reason. Right. And we also have Thor looking like a badass, but also grinning like a madman at the same time <laughs> <laughs> on the shores of, like, Asteroid Bay or something, because there's, like lightning and thunder and stuff which you kind of expect from Thor and then just huge rocks just from nowhere exploding all over him yeah <laughs> and I don't I don't really know what's going on and then Hawkeye Nobody has a line Hawkeye's one I mean he has two lines but I mean oh, it's, it's, he's just he's not inconsistent he's just weird <laughs> and he's he's talking to She-Hulk as she's carrying a giant Penis. engine thing, a pe- a, a, essentially a, a a big phallic thing, um, and I'm not sure if he's making a dick joke. Well, I was about but, to ask you: Is this also the same one line he uses in bed? Because... You'd be amazed at what this arrow can do. She-Hulk is <laughs> <laughs> such a good line. <laughs> But it's so terrible. And then he, the next thing he says makes no grammatical sense whatsoever. I don't want to be here. I want to be home. <laughs> oh, me? I, I want to go home. Makes sense. You can't. Right. That, that's weird. Weird, weird, weird. But that's after but, he gets all racist on She-Hulk and calls her a greenie. Yeah. <laughs> Again with the nickname thing. <laughs> Nobody uses anybody's names. It's like a fucking Warner Brothers DC movie or something. You can't possibly call him Superman. You've got to call him the man in blue or the red streak or the hood or the vigilante or whatever. All these fucking arbitrary nicknames that don't mean anything that just distract me from actually enjoying the story. You can't possibly just say the word Iron Man out loud. Like... Yes, you can. It doesn't make a difference. Those nicknames are just as stupid, if not worse, right. than their actual names. It's weird and bizarre. And once again, we have, like, I don't know, Wolverine being, like, all sticking up for Rogue and stuff against everyone else, being like, oh, we've all been fighting the Avengers and stuff, and nobody's really on our side. And then... Wolverine threatens the entire X-Men to defend Rogue for some reason. He's like, anybody give Rogue a hard time, I'll slice him to ribbons to his closest friends and family. Right. Like, what? Why are you suddenly threatening all the people you love and care about? And then, yeah, Spider-Man is just hanging out and somehow sticks Nightcrawler, a man who can teleport to the wall with webbing because who knows why right. it doesn't make any sense whatsoever ah <laughs> oh, uh, this issue man just melts my brain and then finally we get to the important moment of just sexy times in the lightning with magneto and wasp for some reason i don't know he's got a nice little like rose garden going on and he's got yeah. his own fortress thing and then you know and then talking of fortresses, we go over to Doctor Doom, who tries to convince Magneto that they should have an alliance. And I assume it's like Magneto being a bit of a bad boy and standing up to Doctor Doom, and then 
Wasp is all like, "Ooh, yeah, I like his style. He right. stood up to Doctor Doom. He's clearly a sexy man with white hair." <laughs> uh, well, this you, we do know that Wasp likes to date people who are emotionally broken inside. So, right. <laughs> touche, sir. Touche. And my personal favourite moment of this issue, by far, is the birth of <laughs> two wonderful, ridiculous characters. We have the first appearance of Titania and Volcana as uh, Doctor Doom just puts people in pods and gives them powers, apparently. <laughs> because apparently that's a thing you can do. <laughs> who knew? Where are they from? Like, I I they're going, well, we'll find out people? later, but yeah, I thought the same thing. <laughs> yeah, he names Titania as a woman called Skeeter, and she is she has <laughs> never been mentioned before, and she is never mentioned again. She is just like now she's Titania because because I say so because I am Doctor Doom when I say so. Having said that, as silly as all the dialogue is, one of my absolute favourite things about any Marvel comic ever is Doctor Doom dialogue. It is. Yes. I mean, Dan mentioned Shakespeare earlier, and Doom yep. is just so Shakespearean and theatrical and talking in third person, and is just brilliant. He doesn't have any of these fucking nicknames. He addresses himself with his full title every <laughs> single time, and it is wonderful. Yes. He will call himself Doom, and he will just keep saying Doom at the beginning and the end of the same sentence. <laughs> Doom commands you now because Doom says so, Doom. Thus like, saith Doom. <laughs> Thus saith Doom. He literally says that at one point. Yeah. No, and he... so commands Doom. Like, what does that even mean? He's Do so evil. It's brilliant. Doctor Doom is the best megalomaniac in comics. Oh man, Hands he's down. so good. He's so good. I really, really hope that. I know we won't, but the upcoming Fantastic Four movie. I want the Doctor oh. Doom. This Doctor Doom. How but great would that be? They're all gritty and hardcore and stuff. Right. And they were like, oh God, I'm so tortured. I don't know what I'm going to do with my powers. And then I want, I am Doctor Doom. You shall bow to me. I am the king of Latveria. And I want this like big, ridiculous, theatrical Doctor Doom to just stride in and camp the whole thing up, basically. I want Kenneth Branagh as Doctor Doom. Oh, oh my God, that's a great right? idea. Right? We just want... Someone really ridiculous, like Brian Blessed or something. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah, we have Volcana and Titania. And from what I can tell, Titania is just strong. Yeah. Like, her, yeah. her power is just, I am very strong. I want to be strong. So Absorbing Man is like, yeah, I'm going to hit that. <laughs> because he's into, like, bodybuilding chicks, apparently. Yeah. Her only goal in life is to punch dudes in the face and be a badass <laughs> and absorbing man is apparently into that fair enough they've they've found true love apparently in that moment we have like two beginnings of romantic relationships here and also there is uh the moment with enchantress and as dan mentioned before her again more arbitrary powers she's asleep in a tube and <laughs> and then thor's like hey man and then she's woken up from the tube. And then Doesn't he have to kiss her for her to wake up? You'd think so, wouldn't you? There's, there's, <laughs> she's just like sleeping in a special regenerative chamber. <laughs> and then she just wakes up and is fine. As if nothing has happened. And then it's just some, some time later. And everybody's just sleeping. 
Hulk <laughs> is just sleeping in a bed next to Captain America, and then suddenly Captain America wakes up and Hulk jumps out everywhere, and there's big explosions, and there's more phallic implications from what She-Hulk is carrying. Actually, you know, they're more sort of perhaps more, more breast, breast-like, yeah. yeah. And Volcana and Titania show up, and to be fair, I actually kind of love Doc Ock in this. There are a couple of moments. Like, I love Doom and I love Doc. I love all the Doctors yes. in this. Yes. I'm a fan of Doctor of the Octopus and Doctor of the Doom. <laughs> they are both theatrical and fucking ridiculous and wonderful in this series. And they even look really cool as well. These are like the classic designs yeah. I really miss yeah. of these characters. The full green and yellow, like the yellow um, like belt, for want of a better phrase, <laughs> right. and and thing on his collarbones that... Um, a Doc Ock has that is just great right. and his inner monologue is just so stupid All, in fact all the mo- inner monologues of this entire series yeah, are just like, like we mentioned with Storm earlier where she's just like I'm super powerful but I shan't tell anyone like, <laughs> why not <laughs> and Doc Ock is thinking he's deadly accurate with that bow and armed with a high tech arsenal of arrows what? No Who thinks she, that in no a combat situation? In full sentences like that. <laughs> That's Jim Shooter like writing what? the description on the back of the toy box. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> His file card. Figure. Yeah. He comes with deadly accurate with that bow <laughs> and armed with high-tech arsenal of arrows. It's literally a toy description, but it's in a fucking thought bubble for some reason. <laughs> He's full of long-range firepower. <laughs> Like, what? He shoots He's concussive rays out of his eyes. <laughs> yeah, and talking of weird nicknames, Hawkeye is apparently a black guy from the 70s and calls him Turkey. <laughs> Get away from a Turkey. That's what Hawkeye says to Doc Ock of all people. Like, what is going on? Oh. This is so weird. <laughs> well, speaking of classic designs, I love how Doctor Doom's cape is always perfectly starched. Oh yeah, yeah. This, the, like the way it billows from his shoulder is just right. tense, and it never amazing. lays down ever. Yeah. <laughs> it never lays down. It's at a permanent like fifty degree angle. Right. <laughs> so good, so good. Yeah. May I just say, I think has the best. My favorite uh, next issue. Um, tease, which is situation hopeless. Some, <laughs> the next issue teases. I do miss that in today's comics. Right. We haven't got much of the in next week's issue or next month's issue. Situation hopeless. I just want that. Like, I imagine that kind of silly voiceover as if it were a cartoon or something like that. And we don't get that anymore. We get like next week Wolverine fights a saber tooth. Right. <laughs> Again, <laughs> in the most vicious battle ever. Right. Yeah, whatever. I just want two words. Right. Situation, colon, hopeless. That's all you need. That's so good. You're right, Dan. That is, that is brilliant. That's, is that's brilliant. masterful storytelling right there. Those two words are the best two words of the whole damn book. The next one, the next, as far as the next issue, the next one steals from The Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? what, is, what is going on? <laughs> It steals from the Hobbit, people. What is happening with the world? <laughs> oh, my God. 
<laughs> to be fair, rereading this is as, as put like the set the bar high for Hickman's. Um, <laughs> Hickman's. <laughs> We've got a lot to live up to. Yes, if it's, yes. Not, if it's not even crazy, I don't think I'll care. <laughs> like, it needs to be almost schizophrenic. In, in its, in its so yes, uh, we do close with situation hopeless because Doom and his pals, including Molecule Man, because apparently he's a thing that Jim Shooter cares about, invade and somewhat blow up and destroy the hero's base. And we are left in a hopeless situation. And that brings us to the end of issue three. Yeah. And I liked it more than issue two. Yes. Just because it's fucking mental. It's bonkers. Yeah. I feel like this is the moment. Like if you're reading this series from scratch, this is the moment you're like, Okay, I see where this is going. <laughs> like the first one, you think like, "Oh, that's a really cool premise. Huh? That could be really cool." The second one's like, "This is getting a bit weird." Number three is like, "Okay, Jim Shooter, I see what you're doing here. It's literally and, descriptions of toys on every page, isn't it?" Yeah, 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 yeah. And in case you doubt it, they give you roller skate Iron Man. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that it must have been a toy at some point. <laughs> Because flying Iron Man is too cool. We need to put him on roller skates. Right. Because That's it's 1985. The most efficient way to get from point A to point B is a pair of roller skates. Absolutely. <laughs> There's no classier way to travel in, yeah. in 1985. But so, yes, I'm, I'm going to go for three claws for issue three. It's appropriate three for issue three. Before we get before we get too far, I do want to talk about the cover for just a second. Um, oh yeah, sorry. That's all right. No, so basically it's uh, the X Men fighting Spider Man, and uh, I think Wolverine looks pretty cool. I think Colossus is trying to do the Pee Wee Herman dance. Na 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 na. Tequila. I've say I do like Mohawk Storm. Mohawk Good Storm is my Storm. favorite Storm. Yes. With just just a denim vest. Right. Because it's the 80s and she's punk. Oh, there's also another really great line, though, where some one of the bad guys says that Doomsy can build broads from scratch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's, this might have some of the best dialogue of the entire series, <laughs> this issue. It's so good. Yeah. I did think that um, this doesn't really pertain to the story, but... You know, people talk about how today in the internet everything's ruined before you can read it in comics. But there's very clearly an ad in this issue for the uh, upcoming issue of Amazing Spider-Man where he's already in the black costume. <laughs> so. <laughs> Not, Not to, like, blow the reveal or anything. Right. But <laughs> this is happening in a future issue. Right. Yes. <laughs> Huge spoiler. <laughs> Anyway, like you, Jack, I'm also going to give number three, three out of six claws. So, uh, what do you got, Dan? Well, actually, I'm going to maybe not surprise you, but The Crisis Within, um, or should I say Tempest Without Crisis Within, my favorite title of the entire series. <laughs> Again, kind of Shakespearean. Yeah. Shakespearean. Gen- genuine. It's just, it's just like words the... phoned together. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the titles and the teasers are like the best parts of these. I'm actually going to give this four. Okay. Mainly for for the reasons I, I really like quite some of the um, actual art. Uh, Spider-Man's dickishness proves that Peter Peter Parker is a dick. 
so that's always good. Uh, <laughs> Something you and I have campaigned about on our podcast. Yeah, right. Quite a bit. It got it got half a half a claw because um, Nightcrawler not only is on the front cover but gets action actual line of dialogue. <laughs> I'm on Nightcrawler watch because he literally is furniture for right. in, this, in this twelve issues. Even Pretty though his much. power may be one of the more useful ones, he's um, relegated to action figure status. The fact that Doom basically makes two super villains, uh, female sexy super villains with fetish costumes, <laughs> blows my mind. As does Wasp's Stockholm syndrome on speed, because um, oh, she just swivels from "I'm a little upset" to "I'm in love with you" right. within three pages. Yeah, let me eat what, your it, face on a mountain. Right. Pretty much. I I, um, I just I just enjoyed it. So yeah. I will confess, I'm not a huge Wasp fan in general anyway, but she's particularly terrible in this series. She is fucking and horrible. She's so <laughs> ditzy. She's wearing the same and... costume as Molecule Man. Yeah, yeah, I got confused a couple of times. Um, yeah, that... she has short hair and he's Why is Molecule Man making out with Magneto? Kind of... <laughs> That's is awfully Doctor progressive. Doom... <laughs> is Doctor Doom like resting his hand on Molecule Man's shoulder or is Magneto... <laughs> snogging molecule man who knows right and the whole uh hulk and cap waking up together in the same room actually um will be followed on later because i think jim shoot was trying to say even though he's one of the men at marvel who was like we'll never have gay people in our comics i think he's he's slowly but surely through this series trying to tell the people that cap's a bit bent yeah <laughs> Well, you did so, say it was Green Cock Hulk this whole series, so... Yeah, he is He is Green Cock. So, they wake up together, and no wonder Hulk bounces out of there sharpish. Oh, man, like, I love shit, 80s bouncing. 80s bouncing. He doesn't even bounce. It's a skip, let's yeah. be honest. He's skipping out of the room. He is. That so. never occurred to me. He's fucking skipping, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. I always he's thought, just... like, Hulk jumping is badass, but he's hopping right. from one foot to the other. He's fucking Jim... skipping. <laughs> Jim Shooter, what he's basically done is had Hulk wakes up, bit of a hangover, crunching a piece of paper, which he may or may not have used as a condom. Um, Cap's waking up. The it's shield about the right was definitely size. the shield was definitely used in the bedroom area, and Cap's a bit like, "Oh shit, you should have woke me up." And Hulk's like, "Oh sorry," and skips off, happy with what's happened. <laughs> Oh, the man. end. Yeah. So that's that's that actually that get that that entire scene and what is implied in my mind, <laughs> um, in my mind's eye, is given an, an extra claw. So that's why it's on four. All four right. Claws. I generally enjoy this one, so I enjoyed number three. Awesome. So onward. Onward. Situation to hopeless. Four. Situation hopeless. We do have a different penciler, Bob Layton, uh, fills in on this issue and also does the cover. On the cover, we have giant gray rocks and the Hulk holding it up, saving our heroes. I actually like this cover quite a bit. Maybe it's just all the rocks. I'd say but... the same thing, yeah. Except Captain America's shield is freaking huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's the... Oh, it's Johnny Stark. I was like, who's the blonde guy? Oh, it's Johnny Stark. Oh, right. <laughs> the guy with the four on his chest. Is that naked Ben Grimm on the right there? Well, the underwear. What is She-Hulk um, stopping the viewers from seeing there with her arm? Is all I'm saying. <laughs> you don't want to know. The this thing. is actually yeah, the, the thing. The... Um, <laughs> you know I, he I calls it that, right? He right. absolutely calls it that. And it's clobbering right. time, ladies. 
Yes. Spider-Man looks in pain. Iron Man is um, posing for his swimwear catalogue. Yes. But <laughs> this is actually... a really sexy pose. That is. This is actually my second favourite cover of the whole 12 issues. Mm. So yeah. I agree. Just... I absolutely yeah. agree. I would too. It's a really great use of negative space of that not like kind of the opposite of issue one where all the heroes are all over the cover the fact that you have that huge chunk of rock just really focuses your view down into the heroes there yeah it gives extra room for the text and stuff and it's just great use of negative space and not overcrowding the whole thing i really like the text i think it's really beneath 150 billion tons stands the hulk and he's not happy (laughs) (laughs) it's like beneath 150 billion tons stands the hulk and he's not happy so number four the villains blow up the uh, hero fortress but cannot find the remains in the ruins. Well, obviously they're dead. Doc Ox, though, uh, spies them regrouping in the distance, where they somehow ran really fast, and uh, Titania launches a piece of wreckage their way. The heroes use the magical power of teamwork to break it up and um, avoid being squished uh, just barely, but Molecule Man then drops a mountain range on top of them. The villains celebrate... Thor, who uh, ran off with Enchantress for a little fling, feels a mighty tremor in his trousers, okay, fine, on the planet. And Enchantress uh, departs, and uh, they go back to Hero HQ, where Doom tells him of the fate of his comrades. Thor fights valiantly, but Ultron quote-unquote disintegrates him. Doom reminds us that the X-Men are still out there somewhere, and... uh, and just in case, uh, he enacts revenge on Kang while Thor's arm watches from behind a rock. Oh, speaking of the X-Men, they pay Magneto a visit, hoping for an alliance. But Mags gets hostile, and Wasp somehow takes them out. <laughs> oh, and the X-Men, which is lame. And so uh, she skedaddles to warn Cap. Uh, speaking of, uh, so Hulk is holding up the mountain range, and Reed uses teamwork to get Iron Man to blast it away out. And meet up with Thor, who disguises his escape with lightning. Captain Marvel scouts up an alien village, who reluctantly take the heroes in. Thing rethings, and uh, Galactus moves, and Reed freaks out. And we get the Battle of Four Armies next, which is a Hobbit issue. Yes. So I love the way that uh, Thor says, when hell freezes over, because he says it all <laughs> like an old Thor language. It's pretty great. Shit, I lost it. I, I like how I like how you like four disguises there um, with with lightning because you know only two people on the planet can conjure lightning. So, <laughs> it's, not, um... it's not like he's renowned for being you know a god of thunder or anything. Right. No, it's probably and, just and... storm messing around. It'd be fine. <laughs> I know Jim Shooter. Jim Shooter might want the wasp to seem a badass, but <laughs> she. Single-handedly taking out the X-Men seems, yeah. especially when Xavier could just shut off her brain. Right. Like, <laughs> Magneto is renowned as incredibly powerful and a match for like the entire team of X-Men single-handedly. Right. She hits him with a single thing, <laughs> and he just falls over yeah. and is done for no apparent reason. That was she pretty crazy. She just crappy. has mega powers again with the inconsistency of people's powers of just being arbitrarily strong or powerful or what the hell is going on. And Colossus is like turned upside down and inside out in one panel for some reason. 
as she like stamps on Wolverine's face. Like, <laughs> what is going on? And doesn't break her feet on his antimantium skull. My favourite panel of uh, the first half of the series um, is in this issue. It is Foz pointing with his hammer at Doom because it is like, you got it, girl. Is all it screams. Um, <laughs> just honestly, his locks are flowing, his cape is billowing, and he's all like, Mm-mm-mm, where are my comrades? Best panel. I do find the artwork weaker in this issue than the previous ones. I agree. I, I, did, find, I did find quite a bit of the art not rushed, just there's something off. Well, see, so. now, I, now, we have, now we have a chance to disagree a little bit. Um, oh, wow. I, I will change my opinion of Zek later in the series. But I felt like in the first several issues, his close-ups were great, but anything like past, I don't know, five feet of the viewer was... I didn't like the sketchy stuff very much. So I thought the art in the first few issues was good but inconsistent. And I felt like this art by Bob Layton in this issue was not quite as good maybe, but I felt like the whole issue felt the same. Like it felt like the same level of quality throughout the whole issue. So I felt it was a little more consistent from cover to cover. So, But unfortunately, he, he doesn't draw needle claws. He draws them and they look like um, nail files. <laughs> they do. Um, they like he's do, about to break yes. an old-timey um, crook out I, of prison. Yeah. <laughs> it just it just it literally just puts me off and also magneto's got spots on his face like he's had the plague or something yeah and his hair in some shots he actually reminds me of tiger from thundercats the way his face and hair look <laughs> but um i don't i, don't, I just I, I generally find um this art seems it just isn't doesn't have the same punch as the yeah. first ones it may be inconsistent I, I agree it's inconsistent but it had a more it has more of a um it's not as dynamic yeah, it's, it's just a bit more dynamic, and this one's yeah. a bit flat in places. Especially when you... And also, can we just... Um, I haven't read much of Molecule Man in... Uh, I've read this, and uh, his his appearance in Dark Avengers, and I'm like, is he a god? Like, is that his power, to be a god? Cause yeah. I don't know. I purposely avoided him, for the most part. <laughs> because he lifts an entire, like, hemisphere. Right. Essentially. <laughs> And I was like, what's his power? Because I thought it was like something to do with molecules, but I, didn't, I thought it was like transmutation, not levitation. He seems to be able to do anything. Yes, he has an yes, unlimited like, power set. If you say he can control molecules, that means he can control literally everything. Just And because Jim Shooter just had, gives everybody arbitrary power, it means he can apparently lift them as well. Because, yeah, traditionally he can transmutate things. He can change one element to another or whatever and turn water to wine, for want of a better phrase, or whatever. And now he can just lift things as well. Apparently he has telekinesis, I guess, of molecules, which is everything. So just telekinesis of everything. I don't know. It's very confusing. I agree. I just I thought it was really funny that Magneto made Wasp a comb as a sign of his affection. He just pulls metal molecules out of the air and makes her a nice little comb so she can brush her hair. Then I thought, uh, that was particularly like, ouch, when a wasp compares Hitler to, or compares Magneto to Hitler. Especially considering his origin. Is that anti-Semitic? Can can she say that? I think he could in the 80s because everybody talked about Hitler in the 80s. He He was a popular punching bag. 
But, you know, is, is, is he, is he Indiana Jones thing? Like, where Nazis are fun bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love just considering his origin, especially. Like, <laughs> ouch. Oh, and she's annoying. <laughs> and uh, Wolverine. She's, she's really annoying. Yeah. And, and Wolverine says he's tired of being a punching bag. And I agree. I mean, it's one thing when Spidey bitch slapped him last issue, but Wasp knocking him out? I don't think so. Needs to like rethink his career. And my only other two comments was that Thor has pretty hair, which you kind of alluded to earlier. And then uh, Captain uh, Marvel name drops the title. Uh, she says something about these secret wars. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, is it as bad as Inhumans though? On Shield, <laughs> nothing will, nothing will get that bad. It's almost Look Inhuman. Inhuman. <laughs> You could almost describe these wars as secret. secret. Oh, God. I do kind of love it when they say the name of the thing in the thing. Yes. Especially <laughs> when it's really clunky and terrible for no apparent reason. <laughs> like, what, what are Enchantress's powers at the moment? Uh, to be a um, super slut. Super Super, super strength as well. She seems to be able to go one on one. I know all Asgardians have got super strength, but... It, it seems ridiculous that she could find someone like She-Hulk on that level. And, and she can teleport, right? Yeah, d- magic. Just magic. It seems yeah. magic in magic. general. Yeah, I think okay. so. She's enchanting. Sure, <laughs> yeah. sure. why not? No. <laughs> All right, what do you want to grade number four? I'm going to give it four um, out of six claws. You're going four. I'm unfortunately, because of the art, I'm going to go two and a half. Okay. I'm going to slightly between the two of you, I'm going to go three out of six claws for this one. Sounds good. All right. What do we got on number five? Well, number five, bless its cotton little socks. Uh, the Battle of Four Armies. <laughs> New Bob Layton. Yeah, well, Bob Layton on pencils. Um, the front cover is essentially the X-Men striking back at last. Yes, that's proclaims. very imperial of them. Yes, and uh, they are coming out of nowhere, and they're basically just beating up people who have already been captured by villains. No, they're they're saving <laughs> the heroes on the front cover. Yeah. They're not beating up the heroes; they're they saving are. the heroes. Clearly, you know they're gonna win because they're the X Men. I love when people draw Mister Fantastic knocked out in the eighties because he always had the super snaky arms. <laughs> Like, he can't control himself. If he's right. So he just goes, whoa. And just goes like he's announcing a big car sale. Yeah, yeah. He's a wacky, waving, inflatable, arm flailing tube man. There's right. a Sorry about that. Family guy yeah. reference for you. <laughs> so, like, I love just, like, the tentacles of Doc Ock just coming from all sides of the yes. thing. Like, yeah. he has infinite reach, apparently. He oh, can just... That's a Eric Larson style right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's very Larson-esque. And, like, just wrecking ball chains, Molecule Man's ball and chain, just wrapping around <laughs> Iron Man, just because... And Nightcrawler is... Is he just, like, constantly bamfing? Yeah, it apparently. Was, he, that's... He, he's, he's never not sat in a little pink cloud of dust and stuff. <laughs> right. So, we open with all our heroes gazing upon the sky, um, as Galactus was actually vibrating for a reason. He um, has summoned his ship to this battle world, so to coin a phrase, and everyone just starts freaking out. 
because you would because the ship makes no sense um i don't know how it would fly in space it's got a creamy egg on it essentially or an easter egg at least attached to its hull right isn't and... it galactus a giant god <laughs> yeah. does he need a ship don't gods well, apparently... just, like, fly through space he but... literally eats planets for a living well, he's got to take a shit somewhere yeah shit in space <laughs> Where does it go after it's been in the spaceship? Out in, no, it's no flushed one, out no. into space, right? Just shit in oh, space. That's what the heroes were standing on on, the, on that cover. That's what they were. They were Galactus pose. Yeah. <laughs> it all it makes, makes pile, sense. Pile like a triceratops. So, yes. Everyone, everyone <laughs> nice Jurassic apart. Park pool. And now, yeah, now, now we've gone to Jurassic Park. Um... Everyone's shocked, apart from Johnny Storm, who's just trying to hit on some uh, alien chick. Who then, the alien chick then invites him in for a cup of tea, which actually ends up being some narcotic, which, well, this narcotic doesn't actually make you high. It essentially makes you uh, tell you what has happened before. Yeah, in the it's, series. it's a recap <laughs> potion. <laughs> and so, um, after Clunk, we. Clunkiest exposition ever. <laughs> it's just so good. Just floating heads. It's a very specific kind of hallucination that recaps everything that's happened in the last couple of days. Right. Inconvenient floating heads. <laughs> With names. <laughs> With names, yeah. Labelled heads for some reason. In case you'd forgotten, I don't know, your best friends. Right. Here they are some, in convenient um, little blue bubbles. Some powerful smoke, that's for sure. And um, after the smoke is cleared, he just bangs her. Well, I assume he bangs her. He is Johnny Stockman, they kiss. <laughs> Um, and then we cut to a subplot, which is possibly the weirdest subplot we will ever see in a comic book. And it starts off this subplot with Colossus is sad. But sexy. But, yes, but the Rusky is still sexy, but he is sad. And he has some amazing boots, like Flash Gordon era boots. <laughs> but, um, but I'll just leave it at that. For, at the moment, his subplot starts, and it's just, I'm sad. And then... Um, while he's reminiscing, Xavier just basically pops up in his mind as a giant floaty shiny head, as he always does, and frightens mm. the living bejesus out of him. I hope <laughs> like Colossus has interrupted, uh, has been interrupted by Xavier during sex at this point, and he just says the same thing: "Colossus, come at once!" <laughs> and Colossus just. Oh. I was about to, but I can't now. Exactly, you ruined the moment, Charles. <laughs> How could you? And um. <laughs> This is where we get Charles at his most bizarre, where he... Uh, when did he start walking, is the question yeah. I asked. Oh, he, when he got his new clone body. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, his psyche seems to have been changed, because he's become a little bit more of a prat than he used to be. <laughs> really? And he's like, open open the door. Well, not really. He's always been a bit. Yeah. He's like, open open the roof, Mags. And, uh, or Maggie, as we would say. And... um. So the door opens, and they see Galactus' spaceship, and the first thing is, Magneto's like, go! Attack it! Go do something <laughs> to the X-Men! And they're like, okay, let's go. And everyone's happy, and then somehow we skip to the new power couple, which is uh, Volcana and Mo Molecule God. And um, <laughs> Molecule God, to prove that he loves her, turns one of the other um, one of the wrecking crew costume into silver or antimantium 
it's not really clear. It's indestructible. Slides him along the floor to allow Volcana to, um, who is basically drawn the same as She-Hulk and wearing the same costume <laughs> as She-Hulk, to punch to stomp his face into the ground. Yeah. A la um, American History X. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we move, moving on. Um, Molly Command makes a chariot for him and his new uh, bride, and then just fucks off. Um, <laughs> pretty much. Titania then picks up a tree, saying. Something that doesn't really doesn't really matter at this point what Titania does because she no one gives a, she gives an absolute crap. Right. And then they see uh, Doom's ship, uh, Doom's uh, Galactus's ship, and of course Doom has witnessed it. But the most amazing interaction between two characters happens, which is the Enchantress tries to slut it up with Doom and even offers to heal his face. But then no, Doom is not that kind of dude. He is not. He's not going to trade in. His virginity, because I assume he's a virgin. Yeah. Um, That's a chastity for just a, yeah, just For just a facelift. So he's like, piss off. And she's like, okay. And then we move to Magneto and Xavier attempting to contact uh, Galactus telepathically. And I don't know what Magneto is doing to help him. He, lo- he again looks like he's shitting. Okay, so in the, in the 60s, Magneto had a small portion of mental powers. And so wow. he's helping amplify a Professor X. I believe he's just morally supporting by literally going... <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> and at the same time, Xavier's just... There's no way that face isn't accompanied with that noise. Right. But like, even if he is doing the mental application, it is still... Come on, Charles! <laughs> he he has to see a dentist because he is grinding those teeth down. Yes. No, Magneto is no insect. <laughs> he must acknowledge us. And then, uh, basically, Galactus looks over at them, farts in the wind, just <laughs> and sends what he calls is a cat. I don't classify that as a cat, but um, one of the um, Heroes decides to, uh, the cat, obviously, obviously, obviously it's a machine that looks like, yes. And it beats them up, but obviously the heroes win, which then means that the villains decide to jump in, in their, um, tripod and all of their awesome technology. Yet, lo and behold, um, Dooms are like, I'll use this as a distraction to go and, um, visit Galactus's home. Why not? And so he flies off, and there's a massive battle between heroes and villains, and the villains seem to have the upper hand until, lo and behold, the X-Men appear, finally, and Yay. they join them, and everyone's cheering, um, apart from, like, rogues just smashing stuff, storms blowing stuff up with wind. Unfortunately, Colossus is knocked over. Oh, actually, he is he is ganged, ganged up on, but yeah. he is just knocked over instantly. And Cyclops... Um, helps him and saves his life and amazingly and i must admit right i knew charles xavier was heartless but i didn't know he was cold and he leaves a very wounded colossus in a very jazzy uh costume (laughs) you would at least take the costume with you to his own devices and like silence colossus's injuries were such that to move him would kill him that's apparently the justification for just leaving a soldier behind and then he just he just sits there like mr burns waiting for no response from his students and then the 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 x-men are all like oh my god and then um johnny storm ends up hugging 
the woman that she he's just banged who then just jumps into jumps in to help Colossus and there's a bit of a oh yeah and then all of a sudden Colossus is Colossus has um, become insane and latched all of his emotional turmoil about Kitty Pride onto this alien chick yes. in literally three panels. Thank you, and Marvel. This isn't even this literally isn't even the end. We move to the final moment of this issue, which is Doom walking down the yellow brick brick road, <laughs> little castle, uh, ship, uh, whatever it is, tube thing, made from Blue Peter, and he's like, "Hold, what's this?" And it just goes, "Next issue, the way." <laughs> I don't know if that's like an answer to his question, right. like a really obscure abstract answer. Or it's just no. It should have said no way, and and emphasised the surprise that is clearly not on Doom's face at this present moment in time. But that is issue five. That that it is. <laughs> so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna challenge Marvel's uh, the hero's sense of perspective. Because last <laughs> last issue they were in, they were in a city as big as Chicago, which was probably about the size of a large farm, and then. Um, this issue, Galactus's base is as big as a whole solar system, yet they can see it from end to end. <laughs> Just thought that was weird. Because everyone, everyone on the planet is snotting that smoke. They just don't know what they're actually seeing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And did you know that uh, Johnny Storm was a member of the Tea Party? <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't dig her lingo. Speak English or get out! <laughs> And he wants some uh, R&R. So that, what is that? That's rub and what? <laughs> well, it would be relaxation afterwards. Rub and rub again. <laughs> rub and rub again. Rub and rubber, surely. Hey, there we go. Well done, Dan. Then, of course, we have Jim Shooter's uh, personal crusade to break up Colossus and Kenny Pride. Colossus is a bizarre character within the pages of Secret Wars. Mm, yes, I feel is. like he's, he's kind of like the Wasp in the sense that he will literally just... He's like a dog. He will literally be affectionate to wherever. <laughs> <laughs> but um, on the whole, this issue for me just doesn't work. I know Xavier's a prick, but he cares about his students, and it just doesn't ring true to me that he would just leave Colossus, no matter how injured. Right. He, it wouldn't just Magneto could lift him easily enough without yeah. hurting him. Right. Or something. I don't know. They wouldn't just leave him behind. But alas. Well, I like how Wolverine's the one that really bitches about it. It's like, he's really upset, super pissed. So, I thought that was cool. And plus, we got to see Wolverine take on Ultron. That's pretty sweet for that half. Wolverine was doing pretty pretty well in this issue, even though it was just minor appearances. That's a pretty sweet kick to the face, isn't it, against Ultron? Yeah. I was going to say, this issue for me, uh, the the number five, even though it says the X-Men strike back, it ironically has... Little X Men. (laughs) (laughs) They come in at the very end and don't do much. (laughs) And and I this was the issue that I think when I first read it and reading it again, I remind I just go, This isn't this is the X Men are there just because of the Mattel deal, aren't they? They're not they're not there for like story purposes. (laughs) My favorite part when they show up that uh Professor X and Magneto are like, X Men, press the attack while we walk slowly. (laughs) And I stand here. It's the only time Nightcrawler's not bamfing. There you go. Yeah, that's true. In the second bam- panel, he is. <laughs> yeah, straight away he bamfs yeah. again. He's addicted. That's yeah. what it is. So, uh, 
Yeah, so speaking of Sad Colossus, so Jim Shooter had a real beef with him dating an underage kitty. So introducing this other love interest was his way to try to kind of make Colossus more appropriate, I guess. I don't think the... How old's Colossus? I don't think he was that old. Uh, He's supposed to be like like 18-ish, I think. Yeah, he's like 18 or 19, isn't he, I think? Yeah, but Kitty's 14 like 15, at this time. 14, something yeah, like that. She, she just had her 14th birthday in Shi'ar space right before this. As you do. Yeah, yeah, why not, right? That's how we, we all have our 14th birthday, right? <laughs> Where was yours? Shi'ar space. <laughs> I mean, it was nice to see the return of Deus Ex uh, Cyclops Optic Blast. Yeah. Um, to just end the battle instantly. <laughs> right, that was pretty awesome. What? I'm like, come on, Psych, why don't we do this more often? <laughs> but then I suppose there'd be more Jim Shooter exposition or drug-induced flashbacks. The dialogue in this sure. issue was painful. I can safely say, and I know uh, we shouldn't rate straight away, but this is the first one claw oh, uh, wow. issue. I do not like this issue. I think it has <laughs> some really ugly artwork, and the story beats and subplots that they start in this issue almost offensive like the point of i don't want to read the series anymore right. so issue five for me it's like a make or break issue for me to right. be fair so there you go All right well so dan's gonna give it one out of six claws what do you got jack i'm going for two out of six for me okay how about you jason also two out of six claws huh? we're all kind of in agreement to yeah. we're along the same sort of scale yeah pretty much Right, so number six, the return of Mike Zek. Yes, the return of Mike Zek, and more importantly, Claw, because <laughs> Claw is fucking stupid. But <laughs> yes, before, he looks terrible. We, he is terrible. He looks terrible. He sounds terrible. Oh, I don't, I don't know why he looks that way. It's terrible. Yeah. Anyway, unlike I did with the previous issue, let's start with the cover. Yeah, so. Bob Layton uh, still on the cover. Mike Zek does not return. And I really, really dig this cover. Yes. Really like it. I like it um, a whole lot. It, it is like the, the classic hero thing we mentioned before for issue one. But we got the villains this time. Yeah. And ignoring, again, the same sort of weird perspective things. And I don't know why Galactus is washed out of color, why he's kind of a shadow. But I don't either, but it looks cool, so it, I'm okay. It looks cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that Galactus holding up one hand, just towering over everything else kind of look that he has. <laughs> yes. Even if he looks a bit kind of frightened in his expression, but it, it's a really cool pose. And I just love Doom doing his like karate chop shot at the front there. <laughs> and you've got uh, Molecule Man and Doc Ock and... And Disfigured Lizard. Yeah, the d- Dysmorphic Lizard. And <laughs> What is going on with that lizard? I, I don't even know. And... Uh, of course, the now very important members of the team, Titania and Volcana, obviously, <sighs> taking taking center stage. Yeah. yeah you could I'm... almost call her, um, and this is a terrible joke, oh, Titania yeah. on the front of this cover. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, but perfect. Have you seen them? Well played, they are literally They're almost the same size as that wrecking ball guys at the back's balls. <laughs> it's like two wrecking balls. <laughs> two wrecking balls. 
<laughs> I mean, it's not dissimilar to some of Emma Frost's costumes, to be fair. No, no, no. <laughs> not at all. In the, in the it barely covers the nipples kind of sense. Right. <laughs> it's, it's only just barely not nudity kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah what do you guys think of the cover? I like it a lot. I actually really like it. I really do. It's got a, a uncanny X Men. Um, you know when they burst out of the the classic burst out of the pit because um with Galactus holding up his hand and he looks a bit perturbed, much like Cyclops and that and that. Oh yeah, the, the giant the giant size. Giant size. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I have a poster of that right in front of me right now, so I've literally got yeah, them side by side, and I can totally see what you mean. Nice. Um, I really like it. I think it's a, a great. Um, it also reminds me that the re- lizard and the wrecking crew are in this comic book, which is always helpful. Um, <laughs> Poor wizard. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I'm like, did he come? And they they see little claw in the background. Yeah. I don't. You know, when you when you look at claw, you like, what could he like? Obviously you find out that he has like sonic powers or whatever not like sonic the hedgehog powers as in like yeah. he oh, actually does sonic things but when you look at him it's like he's got a plunger for a hand no it's an anal <laughs> probe or like a radio antenna <laughs> it's, a, it's an anal probe why has he got a giant T on his face <laughs> <laughs> like it's T it's tita claw claw it's uh, silent silent T <laughs> silent T <laughs> and he, he looks is he shouting I think he's shut. He's got his mouth open for something, that's for sure. He's mastering his sound. <laughs> but yeah. The joy of claw, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, Jason, what do you think of the cover? I like it a lot. Yeah, it's great. Fair enough. Well, before we get to the master of sound that is the wonderful claw, we have yet more just rubbish with Wasp and her arbitrary powers once again. And she manages to crash the ship because apparently she can defeat an entire team of X-Men, but she can't fly a thing at all because you'll need five tentacles to drive this thing. (laughs) That's like two and a half chauffeurs. So Wasp ends up being friends with space insects and then shooting them because she's a dick like I, I don't even know she's just a terrible person in this series for n- seemingly no reason and then she ends up in a swamp and lizard is there because what you may not have noticed and they haven't mentioned at all is that lizard has been here the whole time <laughs> and he's just been hanging out in a swamp right <laughs> at no point did they show him like hopping off panel or something and being like, well, screw this guys. I'm hanging out in the swamp. <laughs> and and then we bugs. just land in a swamp and he's there. You know, like, okay. And then a tree falls over. I don't understand any of this at all. <laughs> it's all such a weird opening to this book. But anyway, I don't care about wasp lizard is there. We'll get to that later on. What's more important is, the man, the myth, the legend, the self-styled master of sound. More like grandmaster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I love the fact that he doesn't call himself the self-styled master of sound. <laughs> Doctor Doom addresses him <laughs> as the self-styled master of sound. Like, w- under what circumstances would you say that sentence out loud? <laughs> And and you'll be pleased to hear on that same page is the uh, aforementioned so commands Doctor Doom line that I absolutely love and he is wonderful and Claw is just freaking out 
He doesn't know what's going on, so he just says the word Doom over and over again. <laughs> I wonder if Doom is the most said word in this series. Oh, man. Because... It's gotta be. Gotta Claw be. says it for a bunch of panels. Like I said, the Doc himself says it basically every sentence. Right. Like anything that features him just means there's an Doom basically takes over the the word Doom takes over the dialogue, <laughs> and it's just completely ridiculous. But yeah, anyway, Claw is. I I don't really know what he was murdered by Dazzler or something weird. Well, if you know that, you would have to read Dazzler, and I'm not doing that. Exactly. Can, can, I just, can I just say that anyone who was murdered by Dazzler, no offense, Dazzler, must be the shittest supervillain. Right, right? Hey. Dazzler doesn't kill anything. The only person you're offending is Brian Michael Bendis, who has an unexplained mission to make her relevant. <laughs> oh, Bendis. I don't mind, like, I don't mind Retro Dazzler or anything like that, but it just makes it, like, she absorbs sound to create her light but I didn't think that was her power I think I thought she just needed the sound to be there to create she didn't absorb it she just it was kind of like one of those things where um um I'm trying to think you know you can get those boxes with little like uh, lights in and if you play a sound the, the lights go in a specific order yes. I thought she was just like one of those boxes I didn't <laughs> think she absorbed the sound per se I thought the sound just made her light up essentially and he is pure sound apparently so she just sucks him up how does that work how can i don't know I don't, don't, how is don't he ask. a thing sound is not a thing it's vibrations of molecules it yeah. doesn't make any sense none at all anyway talking of not making any sense doom goes on a somewhat of a tirade and <laughs> <laughs> just starts freaking out Trying to work out what the hell is going on, basically. <laughs> trying to understand Galactus. And he gets pissed off that he can't understand Galactus. And then all the villains show up. And Claw's face, right? Right. <laughs> Hold on a sec. So, before you... dancing like a, like a deep Yes, bird. always. That always a dancing. sexy, sexy dance. Um, and I love the... And in a split second later, little introduction... And Claw's inability to speak. And is he still being melted by Dazzler? Because <laughs> in the know. next panel, not only is he not wearing his, like, suit thing, he's apparently got hair now. <laughs> because, for no fucking reason, he hasn't got a nose. And he looks like he's, like, made out of plasticine or something. I don't know what's going on. He's just, like, moulded out of clay or something weird. While... Good old Titania beats up Ultron. <laughs> but Ultron is like, I enforce Doom's will. And Claw is too busy freaking out. I do really kind of love the... Uh, something I really like about shooter style is the uh, the kind of captions, for want of a better phrase, the real descriptive, like, setting the scene kind of thing. Meanwhile, atop his mountaintop, the mighty Galactus <laughs> pauses in his labours. For a moment, he stands still. Like a man listening for a tiny gnat, which may or may not be with him in a darkened room. <laughs> then he turns and casts his gaze upon his home. And for long moments, he stares. <laughs> it's so dramatic. And that is one panel. Just just Galactus just stood there. <laughs> just standing there. Yeah. That's so dramatic and so good. 
that he's just the best. And then it all goes wrong because we go back to the fucking wasp and lizard thing again. Because... Does, does wasp essentially pet lizard here? Make him his her slave? After just <laughs> randomly shooting everything she's seen, <laughs> she then she then just goes, oh, come on, I won't hurt you. He's as scared of me as I am of him, I imagine. And he's kind of freaking out. And you're like, yeah, She just murdered so much indigenous life? Yeah, she's just murdered everything she's ever seen on this planet, like <laughs> including some X-Men. <laughs> And poor old Lizard, again, very inconsistently drawn, um, is just freaking out. Poor poor old Kurt is just not having a good time of it. Uh, we then have the return of Charles Xavier. Who does a very good Mad Men pose, may I add, on that show? Yes, 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 he does. That is very, that is very <laughs> Don Draper-esque, isn't it? With he just, just had a moment. Out on an armchair. If he had a whiskey in his hand, I wouldn't even question it. Right. I just want him smoking and drinking scotch. That's <laughs> all we need. Yeah, and then Professor X does a mind thing by straining the awesome power of his mutant mind. And he goes and works out what everyone is doing at the same time. And I like the fact that he can't quite understand what Claw is saying. But one of the words he can pick up is doom. <laughs> because the word doom just occurs all the time <laughs> and he like sees important stuff it shows like galactus's base doom's base and then swamp and mountains <laughs> because i don't know why professor x is probing everything just all at once and then yeah m more floating heads badass storm looks badass Charles Xavier moves on from Mad Men to a panel from something Frank Miller might have drawn. Yeah. Yes. Huh. The, yeah, the, the, the shading in that panel where he's just got the, holding the finger up. Like, come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> They're more sexy dreaming Colossus, of course. She, she, a sexy alien lady gets a bit more hands on. He starts rubbing his chest even more. Who could blame her? Then she's kidnapped by the Human Torch. <laughs> and then Human Torch just swoops in without setting her on fire for some reason. <laughs> well, his arm is not on fire. Kidnaps her and then just starts banging her as well because he's Johnny Storm. Because <laughs> that's what he does. And then Sagnosis is sad. <laughs> or dead. I can't really distinguish whether he's sad or dead. That's that one of those, like, you want a hand to come on from off panel and close his eyelids. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> It's just the cold, <laughs> dead eyes of a Russian without love. <laughs> Pretty much. From Russia without love. Oh, Bob. nice. There you go. Uh, his biography. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. The story of how I joined the Eximum Men and was underappreciated from <laughs> Russia without love. <laughs> the Colossus story. <laughs> I am writing a Colossus miniseries called From Russia Without Love. Totally. I'm campaigning for that right now. Uh, meanwhile, or sorry, nearby is the, uh, the correct term. Everybody's squatting on a hill because that's how you track things. Well, on the next page you have... Lots of squatting. Right. I thought Captain America was painting in the sun. <laughs> Yeah, he's moving rocks in the sand with a stick because, yeah. you know, it's not like they have any other way of communicating or anything <laughs> like that. Um, but Hulk's not paying attention. 
Hulk's not paying attention. He's busy brooding and then punching rocks. <laughs> and then weird dysmorphic Spider-Man's hanging out with Hawkeye. Um, Captain Marvel is just... Is she Miss Marvel? She's Captain Marvel, isn't she? Marvel, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's Captain Marvel. Becomes I... a <laughs> glowing thing, and then Iron Man can lift buildings because arbitrary powers again, thanks Jim Shooter. And then, I mean, Wolverine gets a taste of like the fastball special, I suppose, by getting hit with a giant fucking rock. <laughs> but he also gets some classic 80s bouncing. He bounces yes. from pebble to pebble for <laughs> no reason. He has amazing frog powers. He does, yeah. Like, you want him to do his classic, like, single lunge, plunge his claws into your chest kind of thing. Right. But he goes hop, 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 <laughs> shut up, Cyclops. <laughs> it's so weird. And then just gets hit with a giant rock. Cyclops explodes. Does that help Wolverine? Doesn't that blow him up? Like, what is... What is anybody's motivation in this? Well, I know what doesn't sense. help Wolverine, shooting him with an optic blast. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I love and that then... you actually asked um, about their motivations, like, after the first issue, anyone exactly. has <laughs> any motivation. <laughs> if the motivation Lost isn't cause. sell more toys, sell more toys, <laughs> right. sell more toys. So yeah, Molecule Man shows up, kicks some ass, but then also gets punched, kind of, I guess, by Wolverine. And his claws. And he, yeah, he does the classic animated series thing of punching people despite having swords on his hands. Right. It's like, we can't possibly show him just cutting dudes in half. So he'll just glance off and everybody will go, oh no. <laughs> and then he gets, he just hurts people because uh, even though he does seem to actually, in the next panel, he does actually seem to have cut Molecule Man and Doc Ock like dives to his rescue in, right. in, in quite dramatic fashion. Somehow he managed to hurt the god that is Molecule Man, <laughs> even though you think that he would just be able to like freeze him in his tracks or whatever. Right. If he can lift mountain tops, you'd think he would just be like "fuck you, Wolverine," <laughs> and just push him away with a flick of his hand or something like that. So yeah, we then uh, have the X Men and whatnot hanging out in a crater as shit explodes and it all goes down, and then. The big moment we've all been waiting for. The title is A Little Death. And that's a pretty clever title if you really think about it. Because our transforming little lady. Oh, in yeah. A, she gets shot by a big tank thing. Yeah. I thought that tank had a mouth and eyes. And I was like, is this Cars? I thought <laughs> it, look, it looks like the main character from Cars. <laughs> it's the correct colour scheme. It's the red and blue. It's kind of got the eyes and stuff. I agree with you, Dan. I thought the exact same thing. But it eats people. Yeah. <laughs> it shoots and eats people. Exactly. Any difference. Yeah. So Lizard gets upset. You killed the woman! And gets very upset. And uh, thank God the wasp is dead. Because she's the worst in this series. And then we move swiftly back. After they're scooped up from the swamp into the little tanky thing. Uh, we move back to Galactus's base. And we have some... Avengers, I guess you call them, looking to defeat Galactus somehow in some way and, and find out what's going on. But we also have a mysterious figure. Yeah, shadow boobs. Exactly. And as the heroes watch, they are watched in turn. For in the shadows, a dark and menacing figure lurks. Dun, <laughs> and then, dun, bizarrely, dun. it's just called Berserker. Next issue, Berserker. 
Which doesn't make any sense. Right. Well, especially in a series that has Wolverine in it, and the Berserker is not about Wolverine. Yeah. Spoilers, it's not Wolverine. The guy who is known for being a Berserker. <laughs> right. This, this series, man, just makes no sense at all. But yeah, this is one of the... I feel like this is one of the most disjointed and yes. un- unnecessarily complicated issues. One minute Colossus is doing a thing, and then Human Torch is there, and then the Wasp is shot, and then Doctor Doom is doing a thing, and then Galactus is doing a thing, and then Wolverine's fighting Molecule Man. And like we recently did, for those of you who haven't listened to the Intercomics podcast, last year we did, for the entire year, we covered the series called 52 by DC. It was a weekly series, and they did it over 52 weeks, hence why it took us a year. And the problem with some of the issues in that series is that it jumps from storyline to storyline, from page to page, and can get really jumbled at times and quite hard to follow. And I feel like this issue is the perfect example of that to the nth degree. There is so much shit going on from page to page. Almost no page is following on from the previous one, and you'll get just madness and completely unrelated things going and happening from page to page. We go from like sad Colossus to Hulk punching things. And then they're all in a crater for some reason. And then, (laughs) and then the wasp is shot and it's just absolutely all over the place. And I feel like focused is the wrong word to use for the earlier issues, but compared to (laughs) issue six, I think they are, considerably more sort of like aware of what's going on and coherent exactly coherent is a good word to use this is just jumbled and incoherent at at the best of times and i think this might be one of my least favorite issues the entire thing weirdly um it's for me it's an improvement on issue five really Um, yeah because i really don't like issue five i don't know what it is maybe it's just just something about advertising x-men and then not delivering right. x-men um but i'm not saying it's quite hard because i like individual moments of this but actually when you sit down and actually sort of put it apart i'm always it kind of started reminding me of those people those people who complain about how you're not getting as much um words on a page anymore or as much value for money as the as, as the old comics and mm. i'm sat there and going I would love to just give this comic to some of them and be like, is this what you want? Is this seriously what you want? Because we are on a different... Storytelling has evolved since since this. If this was a modern book, uh, it would definitely be written by Bendis on crack, um, this issue. It... It is overly complicated for no reason. The death literally comes out of nowhere. And not in like a... Um, like a ser- spoilers if you haven't watched Serenity, but like like a Serenity death scene, for example, which actually seems genuinely shocking, or, or it just goes. She's basically I don't know if she's hitting on the lizard. I can't really tell with this wasp. She seems to hit on every male creature <laughs> that is slightly humanoid in in this series, and then all of a sudden, boom, she's killed by Lightning McG- McQueen, um, <laughs> eaten by him, and then. <laughs> It just drives off, and it, and it has, has nothing to do with what comes before or after. But for some reason, I don't think it's as bad as number five. 
but when I say that, I'm giving it one and a half. So it's not as if it's a, a vast improvement. Um, it's just not as bad. But I, I do think the series, we're hitting the point of the series where it kind of starts just dying on itself. It's almost yes. like a black hole of too much promotion yeah. for toys. And it, it becomes like a, it just absorbs everything and you can't really enjoy it. This is perhaps the, the issues. beginning of the end of the series almost. <laughs> We shall see how it goes. Right. I thought it was funny that they pointed they made a point to have Janet break a nail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of I'm, I'm keeping a mental that list. That says it all, doesn't it, really? Yes. Oh, I'm keeping God. a mental list of how much Jim Shooter hates women. And I'm just kind of <laughs> compiling it as we go through this series. And <laughs> and I, I gotta say I hate when they try to explain the mechanics of Cyclops' visor. It drives me crazy. Yep. Yeah, uh, I, I as uh, again for those of you who don't know, I have a physics degree, and I really have to switch off my brain when I'm reading superhero comics. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, otherwise, it just hurts me in every way possible because you, there's no way of explaining the optic blast with actual real life physics. It no, makes no just, fucking sense. Just take so, it. So, so just don't try and explain it. <laughs> like I, I, I can suspend my disbelief. If you don't mention it, if you bring attention to the fact that, yeah, the science behind this thing is this thing. No, it's not. That's not how light works. No, go away. That doesn't make any sense. Sometimes it's concussive. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Don't. I totally agree with you, Jason. I mean, one of the uh, Cyclops optic blast is one of the weirdest things in comics. Right. And people just take it for granted because if you think about it. It makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah. So writers out there, I know you're all listening, all future X-Men writers <laughs> out there, do not try and explain it. Just go with it. It's much better if you don't worry about it. I agree. So I will say uh, on the art, this is a lot more of Mike Zek that I was expecting coming into this. I thought his kind of return to this series after a couple issues off like he really kind of stepped it up, so I really enjoyed the art in this one. It is, it is an improvement from the first three. Yes, it's just it's just more visually um, together. So yeah, I agree. It is much a. You say that with claws, sexy dancing, and then <laughs> his like clay face, hair thing, all in one. Claws something unto itself. Um, <laughs> I will admit, like, this is better in general, but Claw is just fucked up. I feel like Claw's just fucked up in Whenever general. Claw is on, on yeah. page, yeah. he's just weird. That's... And I can't get my head around the fact that this is Claw that is going to be played by Andy Serkis. <laughs> I hope mean, he melts and dances like a demon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how they're going to turn this into like gritty well for want of a better term gritty like Marvel Cinematic Universe like genuine opponent of Pink Panther Pink Panther? Oh my god <laughs> oh my... Now there is a Freudian slip ladies and holy shit and the awesome. this, this guy is a fucking Pink Panther villain Yes, like the actual Ulysses claw that we know from other comics is a black panther villain <laughs> this guy would be right at home in a fucking pink panther comic yes indeed he's like the tree boss softman 
I don't know if you'd get that, Jason. It's like there was this advert in the UK of Mr. Soft. It's like a man basically made of cushions. And he, walk, okay. he walks down a street and he can't get hurt because he's soft and wibbly and wobbly, just like Clara's in this issue. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> awesome. All right, so Dan, you gave it, you said one and a half claws. Yep. And Jack, what are you going to give it? Uh, I'm going to match Dan with the one and a half, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm with him there. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it uh, two out of six claws. Um, you are so much more lenient than we are. Well, I really enjoyed the art, and I laughed a lot in this issue. Like, genuine, <laughs> just genuine, heartfelt laughter. I'll, and... I'll be honest with you. As we go as we go on, the laughter factor is what keeps me reading. <laughs> um, because it only gets funnier from yes. uh, issue seven. Issue seven, with seven onwards, it is almost... It's a farce, but it's like a really funny one. <laughs> so... <laughs> I commend Jim Shooter for his his ironic pro. Right. All right, so hey, guys, that was our first part. We're actually going to turn this Secret Wars episode into a two-parter, so you get a sequel. Not Secret Wars 2, but Secret Wars 1, Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Don't tell Marvel. So anyway, uh, we will we'll have a, a second part to this uh, coming out pretty soon, but we're going to go ahead and drop this one here. But before we go, I want to give these uh, nice gentlemen a chance to uh, plug what they have going on. Of course, their podcast, which is great. So why don't you give them all, the, one of y'all uh, volunteer all the information for that. Well, you can go and check out our podcast. Like you mentioned, it's the Intercomics podcast. You can get all of our information on intercomicspodcast.com. That's I-N-T-E-R comicspodcast.com. Uh, you can also follow the podcast on Twitter. It's at IntercomicsPod. Uh, I'm at JLW Chambers. Dan is at Gizmo151183. Uh, so you can follow us both on Twitter there as well. Uh, we talk regularly about comics, and we'll even discuss Wolverine with some of your listeners. <laughs> if that if that's not an incentive to come and follow us, I don't know what is. Right um, on. So yeah, we do sort of reviews and stuff for uh, TV shows and, and weekly comics as well on the website, as well as the podcast and uh, other features. We have a few other writers and stuff that work with us on the website as well. So it's awesome. Loads of weekly content and stuff. So go and check out the website. That's kind of our home base for everything, really. See, oh. I don't have to uh, say a word. Jack Jack can just plug like a champion. Right, yeah. It's pretty yeah. much what I do on the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, for me, as usual, uh, if you want to leave an iTunes review, do it. Nobody ever does. I don't do it when I listen to podcasts, so I can't blame anybody. We, we, um, we never get them either, yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Um, of course, like the Facebook page. Uh, do you have a Facebook page? We do, actually. Yeah, yeah I, I, I liked it. You can search Intercomics Podcast or it's uh, facebook.com slash Intercomics Podcast. You yes. can go like us on there as well. Yep. And, of course, uh, my show notes and stuff are at uh, snickcast.podbean.com and Twitter is at snickcast. No one's taken us up yet after our last flashback episode, but remember you can email uh, your dating questions to Wolverine. That's uh, snickcast at yahoo.com. So still waiting for our first uh, Wolverine dating advice. But, um... Anyway, uh, like I said, we'll be we'll be back soon with the second half of this mega super episode. So until then, can, can I can I um, give you some uh, give Wolverine some dating advice? Can you? Yeah, yeah, it, it can be reciprocal. Yeah. In this day and age, Wolverine, it's probably best to look like Hugh Jackman. <laughs> so model yourself on Hugh Jackman. 
There you go. And don't pop the class too often. There you go. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, I look forward to finishing this up soon. And um, until next time, everybody, hugs and snicks. Bye. <laughs>